what are you guys going to do when we get out of Bestie's jail? Oh my god, we're creating like a meta universe now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you got? I can't wait to see my folks on the outside. You know uh, what I've been waiting for is, you know that fun dip? You were looking forward to getting out of Bestie's jail so kept, that you can have Lickamade fun dip? I kept trading cigarettes for it, but it cost like 16 cartons. It was in such demand out in the real world. Russ, we haven't spoken um, <laughs> since you broke my heart and uh, betrayed the, the, the trust that yeah. we built together in Polygon.com, our video game website. Um, you've, you've developed quite the drawl there, buddy. No, I was just putting it on. <laughs> oh, is it like, oh, yeah, it was it was like a jokey goof? goof. It was okay. fake. Oof, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I also noticed you've been taking some improv classes um, because you've gotten really good at keeping a bit going, keeping yes. that, the goof beach ball up in the air. Yes, and... No, uh, no, that's you, not right. What do you say after that, though? You're, yes, and uh, umbrellas. Yeah. Oh, and now I've got one. Uh, I'm uh, the mother from How I Met Your Mother. Hey, 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 uh, hey, hey. I have missed this. <laughs> <laughs> remember how to start the besties podcast my name is justin mcelroy and i know the best game of the year my name is griffin mcelroy and i cannot believe we're doing this again but i'm glad to be back and i also know the best goddamn game of the year my name is chris plant and i know the best game of the year and I know the best game of the week. Fuck yeah, blow the moon up. Every week here on the best <laughs> Network. Yeah, I said every week. We talk about the latest. <laughs> we, uh, listen, uh, we may have missed a couple in 2014, but we got, really, we got really busy. We were recording them. We just didn't put them out. We just, they just weren't up to they snuff. They didn't live up to our high standard. High standard. Uh, so <laughs> now here we are. Um... And and we're uh, we're we're recording one last episode of the besties because well I guess two last episodes is that what we're doing no no, no it's no, one big we're episode one we're doing one, one big episode one super length super powerful episode this is all uh, everything you're hearing right now from the beginning of the MP3 file to now and continuing on is our epitaph yep R I P rip this is rip. our rip jam. Uh, so yeah, well, this is the besties and everything. We're we're I, I forget what we do exactly, but there's games in it. There's games in it. It's game adjacent for sure. Polygon related. Polygon wouldn't publish it if it wasn't at least game adjacent. I mean, this is like the one episode that ever makes sense each year. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. We, we made a show that is about the best games of the year. Uh, and then we decided to talk about crappy games every week. Can we do a quick, um, just like Bessie's retrospective? Because to, to be frank, 
there are a surprising number of people who really like this podcast and thank thank all of you for supporting us over the years did it make it multiple yeah it had to be multiple years sure yeah because we did at least two video uh end of year specials um so the uh, first version the first version of the show which i liked was uh, the, the angriest, a, meanest version. Friendship <laughs> bloodbath, where each person brought a game each week and then was fed to the other three <laughs> while they just tried to eviscerate them uh, and hurt their feelings. And if I recall, votes were traded. It was basically yeah, turned as the survivor of alliances. A, imagine American Idol, um, but there's only four contestants, and then they all sing, and then they all decide who dies. It's it was horrible. It was really bad. Um, a, a bad game structure, a bad friendship structure. Mm-hmm. Um, as an as an edifice of friendship, it failed spectacularly on almost every level. So then after that, we I don't even remember after that. A, after that, there were multiple versions, there multiple there, iterations. It was a robot at one time. Do you remember the robot? Holy shit! The Chris Granitron. <laughs> what was a robot that we introduced? Like that. Like that uh, crappy Fantastic Four cartoon. We tried to spice it up by introducing our own version of Herbie. Oh, boy. God, what a, out. what a disaster. Um, think about all the... You know what? I, I, I'm swept up thinking about all the bits that we missed by not recording for as long as we did. We could have gone through several weeks of Fresh Stick just repeating, I am Groot, over and over again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that man. was a really new character, good. guy that loves Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we, we, we also had so many guests. We had oh, a don't, giraffe. Don't, don't invoke them. We had uh, Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley's um, racist, horrible ghost. Who uh, had entire bits removed had entire bits excised from the show that was not a joke we cut entire milton bradley bits out of the show because they were horrific um you know he just rolls how he rolls yeah Uh, what else did we have in there that there was there was one other really weird version of it it had like lots of mobile games or something i don't remember um what i do remember is our year end specials which i do like doing I, I liked doing them in video because I get to hang out with y'all, and um, and that's always good because somehow, despite everything that we've gone through, I still like you guys. Oh, um, which is weird. It's weird. And, yeah, impossible. I wouldn't expect that. Um, although I am going to go weird, out right, uh, right now, uh, about nine minutes into this episode, and I'm going to say that uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. This episode is, or this, this, yeah, I guess this full-length finale episode is going to end with us in a deadlock between two games, two and two votes for each game, and then somebody's going to buckle after 15 minutes of impotent arguing, <laughs> and then we are all going to end up with a game of the year that we're all incredibly unsatisfied with. Oh, man, full circle. It's like lost. <laughs> it's not really a full circle as much as it is a sine wave, because that's what happens every goddamn year in, year in specials. <laughs> Valid, valid. Um, so look forward to that. Sorry, I just spoiled this. What, like nine-hour episode? <laughs> there it is. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's explain. Uh, explain this there bracket that you put together for us, right? Okay, so I put together this Please. bracket. Um, we had uh, among ourselves, we picked twelve games that we thought deserve the mighty besties game of the year title. Uh, we left four remaining games to the audience to select. 
which they did via uh, a lovely forum post. Thank you for voting if you did that. What were those so, four, by the way? Because I'm looking at the list so, and I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, so those four, I'm going to see if I can pull them out. Destiny was one of them. Oh, okay. Uh, Sunset Overdrive was cool. another one. That, yeah. Uh, Titanfall? Titanfall Excellent. was another one, yes. And, um... And... Ba- ba- was no, Bayonetta was in our list. Sorry, I was not prepared for your Oh, question. Transistor. Transistor was the last one. Yes, correct. All good choices. Good, good yeah. work, audience. Good lineup. Uh, definitely games that we considered yeah, uh, when we were coming excellent. up with our 12, but didn't make the exact final cut, but yeah, we're glad I, that they're in there. I think you got like num- our number 11, and or our, our number 13 and 14, I should say, like the ones that we just barely knocked off the list, so I'm glad to see them. Glad to see them back. Um, yeah. So... so we I basically uh, matched up those games generally in terms of not so much chance of winning as it was uh, similar game categories. So you'll see, you know, fantasy versus fantasy or local <laughs> multiplayer versus local multiplayer uh, in the first round. And then in the second round, we'll start matching up uh, the ones that get a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a grand old time. Is there a Google Doc or something I can see this listed? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a Google Doc that... We all are looking at right now. Yeah. Why can't you, I see um, it? <laughs> yeah, just, maybe just because you didn't click on the Google Doc. Or the email. Oh, the email. is it called the one called Bracket? The mm-hmm. one called Besties Game of the Year. <laughs> the one, the email's called Bracket, and then, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Correct. There he is. You I found see it. You I, cracked it. I see him in the document now. Yep. Yeah, I'm in the, the document. <laughs> it's me, J-Man. I'm in uh, the document. Um... Oh. We're going to just do the damn thing. Yeah. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Round one. Dragon Age versus... I, I forgot what the game is called. It's, Lord, not, it's Lord not Lord of the, of the Rings, Rings Mordor. <laughs> That's for fuck sure. It's definitely, definitely not Lord of the Rings, colon, Mordor. Uh, Middle Earth. Uh, I'm just not going to re- say that. That's no. bad po- poopy language that Justin's writing. Shadow of Mordor. Is it? Are we sure it's Middle? Okay. Yep. Great. Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. They want to make it a franchise where you visit all of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. You can go to Bree and check out that like 
thing. Anyway. Shadow yeah. of Tom Bombadil's beard. And that game takes place entirely in Tom Bombadil's beard. These yep. are these are like rough pairings you've got here. This is gonna see for me. These are all no brainers. Wow. Yeah, you were saying this yeah. before. How you were like already decided. Yeah, this, I this know first, where this is going. The first half of this episode is our first state matchups. Two games in I each one. I just don't think this I'm is fair. Each. I don't think this one is fair. I guess since we're trying to get so? the best game of the year, like doesn't matter. These two the games crazy. are much better than many of the pairings of games that we have below. Well, okay. Well, you know what? Let's just figure it out. Well, then one of them will always get through. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so what, let's talk about uh, how much of the, these games did you guys play? I played all of the games on the list. Are you talking yeah, about these two specific games? In terms Dragon of like Age how much? Yeah, so Dragon Age is like a four hundred hour game. Yeah, nobody's I'm, actually finished Dragon Age. I'm I hope so there's not super close. racist stuff at the end of it. <laughs> no one's actually ever finished it. Uh, yeah. I, I am fifty, like fifty five hours into Dragon Age, Jeez. and I, I, I think I'm like maybe two missions away from finishing it. I, I've hit the point in Dragon Age where I have uh, either finished or just decided I'm not going to do any more of those like supplementary mission zones. And because I, I've just spent, I mean, that, the majority of the time I've spent playing that game has been hopping into those like non essential secondary areas and just like running running them shits down going to all them camps well that's what i liked about this game and uh shadow of mordor is you kind of have to do the non-essentials like stuff the way the game is designed to get through and to Um, you know be upgraded and have enough power to complete whatever the main quest is but it makes it feel like it's your choice um do you, do you know what I mean like in in Inquisition you have to unlock power right to, to an extent right and that's a, that is a very like numerical <laughs> like calculated way of gating progress in the campaign until you do some goddamn role playing gaming like you're you're allowed to see the next chapter in the story but you need to get out there and do a little bit of role playing gaming before we let you do that I it it, it I don't know I it doesn't feel especially optional to me. Mm. Um, because the, Mord- the later Mordor missions had that a little bit where you were unlocking like power levels to get to later skills, but it wasn't gating the story itself. Yeah, it um, just made the game easier if you did that. Yeah, and and I mean that's true of Dragon Age too. I mean grinding and get and getting levels is like as important in Dragon Age as it is in any RPG. Um, what do you think it is that Dragon Age does uniquely better than? I guess, mo- like, most RPGs. Because, obviously, I think with Mordor, it's very clearly, like, the Nemesis system is, like, the big standout feature. So what do you think is the big standout fe- feature for Dragon Age? Or is it just a good game? I think it's just so, like, solidly executed. Like, it it, it definitely has its flaws. Like, the, the uh, war table system is pretty unbearable. Um, oh, my. Can we take one quick side diversion to talk about that terrible terrible piece of it's design. bad it's bad on all fronts like the the interface of it is a is is laughably bad like you clustered nine little like molecular sized dots together on a board and it's like there's no list telling you what you can do there's no like way of immediately gut checking like which missions on the board are essential missions that will like unlock dope shit and which ones are fucking clown shoes that will get you like 40 gold like thanks 40 gold wow and that only took an hour great 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 good investment of my time um and not not only that but like you have to like fast travel back to your 
HQ and like there's a loading screen and then you have to run all the way to the war table room and there's another loading screen and it, it, the whole thing is just like really really un, unpalatable. It's yeah, it's 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 horrendous. I I cannot understand why anyone thought that this was a good idea. I like the visual representation of the of the missions, but like to not have better ways of like sorting them is insane. Like that I'm just hovering my mouse over or my cursor over. You know, not only that, it item also felt item. the whole design sort of felt like a take on the Assassin's Creed Black Flag like ship system, right? Where you got ships and you could upgrade oh, yeah. them and send them out on these passive missions where you get these bonuses after you know waiting a certain amount of time and certain ships were better at certain things. Uh, the only problem is in that you could unlock and upgrade dope ships, and in this one you just have three fucking people. You just yeah. have the same three goddamn people, and so it, it's it doesn't even you pop back like constantly because you only have three people and so they're constantly completing these missions meaning you have to go through the cycle and deal with that horrible interface over yeah also the best part about when assassin's creed did this was the first time they did it with brotherhood where those people then were like superheroes who came and fought alongside you yeah yeah like you had a tangible pop out of a hay bale um so but i think that that is like one of the few uh defects in a game that is mechanically narratively like pretty goddamn impeccable like pretty pretty on point basically across the board in in most ways that rpgs can be on point um so i think that's that to me that's like it's defining trait of of in in a in a game where or in a year where like a lot of games that tried to be this ambitious completely fell on their own just sat on their own balls i don't know that a lot of games necessarily tried to be ambitious they might have said that they were trying to be ambitious but i think this year is more typified by games not trying to be ambitious trying to be very safe uh, uh i think that was last year i, I yeah well, this year was like year. watchdogs is not an ambitious game it, uh, yeah, well, it, no, it, sure was. it was it tried to be yeah it tried to be it ambitious failed. and it sat on its balls assassin's creed unity for as you know assassin's creedy as it was tried to make it so you played assassin's creed with three other people at the same time and in doing so sat on its own balls the crew tried to be the biggest fucking okay, online yeah. racing game of all time and sat directly <laughs> it's, it parked a, a truck on its balls what's the th- can, I, something's I, I, connecting I, I, these three there's I, uh, some i don't know what what yeah there's like a bridge <laughs> for some reason um but 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 dragon age like i i I thought I was going... When I heard... I, I've been looking forward to the game, but then I heard Phil say in reviewing the game he spent like 80 hours with it, and I was like, fuck, like, I don't I don't play video games like that anymore. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm 55 hours into the thing, and, like, I still, like, adore it. It's like, really I still try to for, like, I, chunking out a little bit and just, like, I don't know, I'll play for 20 minutes, see what I get into, and then hop back out. It's really clo- I mean, there, there are all kinds of things about it that are really cleverly designed. It has a lot of the, like, um, uh, streamline upgrade stuff of Mass Effect 3 um, uh, in, in that, like, there are very broad ways of making your characters better, like the potion upgrade system. Uh, I, like, all that stuff is, is really, really smart. And, it, it, I mean, it's also just designed to be, be able to be played like that, which yeah. is kind of incredible. It's weird, though. For every, like, really smart system they have, they have another system that's utterly inscrutable. Like, in this specific example, I'm thinking of the uh, armor and weapon upgrade system, which is absolutely mind-numbingly terrible. And I don't understand, again... I just don't use it. 
Yeah, just, I just don't use uh, it. I mean, well, okay, but like, fine, no, no, like, I'm not. I'm not saying that as a defense. I'm saying that as yeah, I agree with you. Griffin was saying it as a defense. Like that, it's uh-huh. terrible. Like you, you get an item, and rather than like being able to, uh, so like I get an item that has some sort of upgrade on it, rather than. Uh, you know, just being able to sell that item off. I have to wait till I'm back at my home base. I have to remember, oh, that one had an upgrade on it. I have to physically take that one off as I shuffle through endlessly, like, complicated menus and yeah. finally pop that off and then find the item that maybe can use that. And then some just can't, for whatever reason, just don't fit it. And then it feels- if I'm lucky, I can I can find a new home for this thing. And hopefully I won't get another one, another item to replace this item in like 20 minutes. And yeah, right. The whole thing over I, again. And that's the problem, right? Like, I, I feel like I, I'm willing to put up with some pretty obtuse methods of uh, like inventory management. If it's something that I'm going to have to do once every two hours. Uh, and I feel like maybe they were trying to go for like a Dark Soulsian approach, where all of those all of those upgrades to your weapons and armor are very like material, very important uh, upgrades that you can like feel the difference in. But yeah, like you said, there's no guarantee that you're not going to kill a boss and then get a purple item that just like beats the ever living shit out of it. So like that's one thing that Dark Souls does well is you can find a sword at the beginning of the game and then upgrade it and upgrade it and upgrade it and use it the entire goddamn time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just not that's not a really viable solution in, yeah in Dragon Age. I, I will say the one thing that i absolutely love about the game and i have not played through an rpg in forever uh is how digestible it is but also how big it feels how it can how i can both hop in for 15 minutes and feel okay with the work i got done but then also feel like the scope of this game is the end of the world like it's yeah one of the few games about the end of the world where i'm like wow this I feel like I am traveling across the world to try to get this shit done. And because the game is so big, and they do a good job pacing it, so it doesn't have that issue uh, where you're like, well, I shouldn't be doing this right now because I should be saving the world. Right. Uh, it, it paces it so well that I don't feel bad just hopping in and getting a small thing done here and there. And that's a super Bioware thing. Like that's that is Bioware's sort of um, game architecture bread and butter, and it is it has never been this good or this yeah, well they, executed. I, it's funny. I think the the only Bioware game before this that I that I got super into was actually not that because most of their games, I agree, do follow that model of let's get the gang together, let's right. let's empower your clubhouse to take on the big bad at the end. Sure. Well, actually. I think so. I was going to say Mass Effect Two, but that's exactly what that is. Well, but it does get the gang together. But the focus of Mass Effect Two isn't even the big bad at the end. It's really just the individual stories of these characters. Like when I remember Mass Effect Two, it's like, oh, I'm going to do the story mission for whatever uh, the bald girl and learn her backstory. Yes, exactly. So that is what I found really engaging about that game. And so, but I, I feel like a lot of the time. It's the end of the world stuff that ends up like making me roll my eyes and not care because it's so generic. But here, I think they did a little bit better. Yeah. Um, um, also, all the race stuff. <clears throat> I am like, I I have never been into fantasy lore, and I am like buried in the Dragon Age wiki. Yeah. Uh, because it's just that it's so obvious, but it works so well of having every group have its own internal conflict. 
Mm-hmm. So everyone not only hates what's going on outside their group, but also hates half the people in their group. And, it's, uh, and what's awesome is that also plays into each character that becomes a member of the Inquisition, like a playable character. Um, and it really helps to shape your character, because typically in, in role-playing games, your character is the least interesting character in the thing i think that's probably especially true of of bioware games because they are very good at coming up with a very vivid cast of characters and then sort of just making your character like a decision box yeah um but in this game i feel like and they've tried it in other games too but i feel like they've done it really really well here like i began to imbue my character with these certain characteristics based on the types of people that i liked to hang around with so like i would my party was usually Vivian, uh, Cassandra, and Iron Bull. And so the decisions I started to make, I, I moved from being this very general, uh, uh, very plain character who just sort of made decisions as I went and started to actually develop a personality that was, you know, a bit anti, anti like, uh, a rogue mage. Uh, just because that was sort of the personality of the characters that I rolled with. And that was a really interesting thing that I don't think I've ever had a Bioware game like... Uh, do to me before um yeah also you saw a little bit of that in um what was the uh that top-down rpg that was like that came out earlier this year it was like wasteland 2 but not that oh uh uh, uh, uh oh, shit. oh divinity original sin divinity yeah, original yeah, yeah. sin you saw a little bit of that there where you were and they were like encouraging you to sort of like diverge how you responded and fit more of a character which i liked but yeah i think they do it a little bit better here um yeah this is a really good game. This is a yeah. very, very good game. I wish they had maybe a little bit geared it for remote play more than they did, which is oh, to say yeah. not at fucking all. Zero. They did any gearing for remote play. In order to do your basic attack, you have to hit the R2 button still, which is uh, the touchpad on the back of the Vita. I mean, that's, uh, for what it's worth, it's a tough ask. Like, pretty much the only game I played this year that did remote play well as, like, a full console game was Destiny. Destiny, yeah. Which... But, I mean, a shooter is still not the best way yeah. to remote play anything. I know it's a big ask, and like they use every button on the yeah exactly on the controller. It was just Mordor is the same way. I have no idea how you could do that in remote play. It's just so many buttons that they use. Let's talk about Mordor. Let's yes. how, how did that? Um, I've played much much less Mordor than I played Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I I don't want to really lead the conversation on it because I sure. feel like I don't know I, enough about it. Here's here's what I think Mortar does better than any game this year or uh, in a lot for many years has really uh, set a, a new standard is making you care about nameless, faceless NPCs that you have no interest in and suddenly become your arch nemesis. It, that is, I mean, they use the term nemesis to describe the system. And I remember when they were promoting the game, they were like hammering this point home. This is what's cool about the game. That was a system, blah, blah, blah. And it sounded like generic, like, marketing crap. Like, we're just trying to set it apart from the rest. It is so goddamn cool to get killed in the first five minutes of the game and then have this dude that you hate keep coming back and fighting him. And he has his name and you, like, build a rapport of hatred with this guy. A it's rapport really... of hatred. That would also accurately describe certain episodes of The Besties. <laughs> and her favorite death metal bands. There's nothing up better than being in, like, a... And by better, I mean more infuriating. Than being in a fight with uh, maybe a, a, one of the orc 
leaders that you're probably too weak to take on, but you get lucky and you like hit the barrel at just the right place to take out all the soldiers and you're about to give him the final blow and your nemesis comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, did this did this happen to you guys where like all of a sudden he's oh, yeah. just there? Like, oh you dick, where did you come <laughs> from? And it slaughters you because of course you're not ready for him. But he was just hanging around, just see it passing just passing through. See if he can antagonize you. I think I mean I think it seems like that's what the system is is built for. Like it's a cool system for, like you said, like building character for every just about every like main enemy in the game. Um, but I think it is also a system built for moments like that. Like, those are the moments that sell the game. Yeah. And it also makes you realize, like, how much of a missed opportunity it was for Assassin's Creed. Because the best moments of Assassin's Creed are, like, here's this dude, you really hate him, go kill him in an interesting way. And that's pretty much all of Mordor, is constantly having this list of dudes that you need to kill in interesting ways based on their strengths and weaknesses. Like, you are, it's, it is a much better Assassin's Creed game than there have been. I think it's a better, certainly a better game even than 4, and I liked Assassin's Creed 4 a lot. Well, and but, it has the benefit of being in a fantastic world. So it, it well, doesn't, it's not tied to, like, oh, let's, both be realistic and matters, not realistic. If we're, if we're being, like, if we're making the Assassin's Creed comparison, I think the only one I've ever liked more was Assassin's Creed uh, 2, and uh, the one that came after Assassin's Brotherhood. Creed Brotherhood. Um, because, like you said, those were the games that did that shit really well. That yeah. did the go find this person that you hate and take him down in a really clever way. Yeah. Um, and that's just not really the focus of that particular franchise but anymore. Can, what, what, I guess when I say Fantastic World with this, can Assassin's Creed even like hold up to this sort of thing anymore when you can do what the arrow dash thing in this game there's so many moves that, like literally can't happen in the yeah, sure, real world universe of assassin's creed versus here they i mean they have the benefit of going into fantasy uh yeah yeah i still think you can get away with st- i mean whatever do, assassin's yeah. creed technically is like a vr mission so, so you, you should be able to do whatever you want <laughs> yeah um my one problem with the Nemesis system is for a person who likes compulsively yeah. checking shit off a list um, and feeling like a list. good, a good, good accomplished boy for finally achieving something with his life for once. Uh, it is not a system built for me, and I know that sounds like a silly thing, but like to spend a really long time hunting down somebody who keeps killing you over and over again. Um, and then you kill them, and then their spot gets filled, like, yeah. very quickly. Like, way quicker than I thought was possible uh, is really frustrating. Well, and you and that the game tougher for yourself, too. Like, if you keep going after all these people, you keep advancing their levels. And you can end right. up getting, like, a, a set of high-level guards. Well, know, but there's always low-level guys to Right. There, there's a lot of different ways of, like, tracking progress in Shadows of Mordor, um, whether it's, like, the, the power system or, um, uh, you know, finding finding the different upgrades, completing the different missions, and, like, all that stuff is great, but the mission system that I... or the progress system I cared the most about was the Nemesis system. And... I just never really felt like I was, and I, I didn't, again, like, I, I didn't even play half of the game, I think, um, but I never felt like I was, like, making any headway in the game at all, um, and that was that was really frustrating for me. Also, like, some of, the, the Nemesis system is really, really cool on paper, but 
Um, I also found it a little bit repetitive. Um, when I, when I was tasked with, uh, killing the same guy that I already killed who came back to life through orc magic, uh, (laughs) that, that element was also kind of a huge bummer for me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I just think it was just an original idea. And for the most, like most of it, I think is really, really well executed. I agree that there are some issues with it. Um, but that really stood out. And I think it's just a very strong game. Like you, they clearly like took a lot from Batman, which is already oh, a very yeah. strong game. Like the combat I, system I is heard very this was, Batman. Was pitched initially as a as a Batman game. Uh, oh, really? I think they Before had developed they, it for a while as yeah, that, the Dark Knight Rises game. Yeah. And so would it just been a bunch Batman of Batman goes to the desert. It's pretty easy though. I, I know you guys aren't as savvy about development as I am. It's pretty easy though. <laughs> what you do is you just take the. Um, you just take the like if if a uh, like a file set is called like stone or like yeah. building side, you just delete that and then you right. replace it with a file called like trees Mordor. and mountains and <laughs> okay. shit. So you you take your mouse and you highlight Falcone. Right. And then you click replace all and then you type in Blurg the Merciless. But then what if I wanna find Falcone? How would I say control F where Well you're gonna need a game shirt where is Falcone, need, right? Right. Uh-huh. Got it. Um Gut check. We ready to take a vote on this one? We've been going for like yeah. a half hour. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I yes. love Mordor. I I am still going to go Inquisition, I think. Yeah. Dragon Age. That's fine. <laughs> you just, do you, are you not on board? No, I, that's fine with me. I, I didn't play enough of Dragon Age to feel as strongly as you guys did, like, clearly. Um, but there is, a, uh, there is a moment. I get it. There's I a have moment. a feeling that's going to become problematic for <laughs> um, too long. There's a moment in that game that just, like, I was playing it on remote play while I was uh, watching, I think, probably, like, MasterChef Junior, one of my shows that I can just kind of watch a little bit. Um, And there was a moment in that game, it was one of the judgments. Uh, I don't know if you guys have gotten to that part yet, where people who have committed crimes in the world come to your stronghold, and you actually pass judgment on them and decide their punishment. Um, And there was a moment in that game where you pass judgment on somebody that was so fucking funny that I, I like lost my mind laughing at it. It was it might be the hardest I've ever laughed at a video game was it before. The, was it the crate? Yes. Yes. It's yeah. so it, it, it I don't know. It it perfectly like shows that every cylinder like this game is firing on all cylinders. Well, it's big um, enough that there's room for variants like that. You know right. what I mean? Like there's no room for anything like that in a game like Mordor, even though it's very long. It has yeah. a built a big enough world that there's room for warmth and humor and romance sure. and all that other stuff other than killing orcs. Right. Sweet yeah. Christ. <laughs> and, and to have a romance on your wife with a kill move. <laughs> and to have a, a romance system where it's not set to like pop off at prescripted times, right? Like it feels a little bit more real to not be like, oh, we're about to go in for the final mission where we're all gonna die. Let's bone. It's yeah. not how it happens in Dragon Age because it's not how it happens like I, ever. In I had anything. a great moment in Dragon Age with the romance system real quick before we, before we move on that I had picked the character that I was going to to woo. This is going to be my character that I would woo because there was a little heart option, right? So if there's a heart in the dialogue, that means it's a character that you can win over. I did everything everything for this character. <laughs> I bent over backwards. I went on missions. I like disgraced people that I kind of liked just because I thought it would win me a few brownie points. 
And I got to the conversation where I'm like, I'm into you. This is happening. And they were gay. They were gay (laughs) and they did not like my style at all. And it was like, legitimately, it felt fair, like a a reasonable simulcro of what that experience would have been like in real life. (laughs) Except maybe worse because I'd just been like, pretend trying to woo a pretend original person. Uh, But. It was excellent. Yeah. And you went and killed pretend digital people to work right. over their heart. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Dragon Age. I'm going to delete Middle Earth. It's round great. two. Oh, I script Oh, you blew it. There we go. Okay. All right, round two. This is one that I feel like you guys aren't going to give a shit about at all. I'll, uh, I'll lead in here. Uh, <laughs> Super Smash, I, I do have an opinion. Super Smash Brothers for Wii U versus Mario Kart 8. Oh, okay. I have opinions. Which one do you want to take? I'll take one of these. You take the other. Kind of busted that the two sort of Wii, Wii U showstopper. Oh, I guess we have another Wii U game on here, don't we? Um, yep. Uh, I mean, should we should we do gut checks before we launch into our conversation? Or are you guys like let's, talking before we vote? We let's talk a little bit. Um, Smash Brothers Wii U is tremendous. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best Smash Brothers game. It is uh, the most like pound for pound, like content rich. Uh, game. I, I'm going to play. I'm probably throughout like the next few years, and I don't. That's not again not how I play video games ever anymore. Um, but over the next few years, pound for pound, I'm going to spend more time playing Smash Brothers Wii U than I spent playing Dragon Age. This is year. that just because you're going to have people over and they're yeah. going to play? I because this, and I wrote about this um, for our their first like 2014 in review. We're doing like a series of like what the year in gaming meant to us, and for me, it was the year where like all of my friends got into like capital G games. Like uh, we we would play Dance Central here and there, but like none of them were people who would get excited when I would bring a new game around, like Towerfall Ascension. Uh, which like my group of friends I like, got addicted to, and we play it almost every time they come over. And then like this this onslaught of games like that just poured in, like uh, like Nidhogg and Sports Friends and Mount Your Friends, which is fucking amazing. Uh, and then Smash Brothers Wii U comes out and and just like <laughs> takes that ideal to the extreme. It adds eight player multiplayer, which is if you can get it together, which I managed to do by cobbling together, it was, I had the Wii U gamepad, I had two GameCube controllers, I had three um, Wiimotes with various uh, attachments, and then I had a, uh, oh, I'm sorry, four four Wii, Wiimotes with various attachments and a Nintendo 3DS that I had networked to the <laughs> Wii U. Um, but if you can get that together, it is a fucking it is blast. It's so, it's so much better than you think it's going to be even. Um, yeah, I I played uh, GameCube. I never liked the. I think uh, along with everyone, never really liked the Wii version of Smash Brothers. I liked okay. I liked Brawl. Okay, it was a fun party game, but it sure. didn't have the the legs that I think that yeah. that the Smash Brothers for Wii U is going to have. Sure, and game. But I played the GameCube version. Oh crap load, and I was so into it, and it got so competitive. It was in my college years. We played a ton of that. Um, I never anticipated that if you introduced four additional characters, it would still be fun and interesting and not just like total absolute insanity. But it really is because like, the, the meta game of eight player right. is the best thing yeah. about the entire game. And Do you that, know Rush Rushic strategy in eight player? Just oh, wait, wait for other people to die. Hides in the in the bottom right. corner and, and that's, ducks. That's <laughs> great. Yoshi, get somewhere green. 
it's so cool <laughs> that that's like a thing that you can that you can do. That's that's what I'm talking about. The meta game is better than the game at large, which is rare for a game and almost never happens for a, a Nintendo title. Um, because yeah, it's it it is this political power struggle where usually when we play, there's like two people or three people who are like better than everybody else just because they've been playing Smash their whole lives. That will either start beating the shit out of each other or maybe you'll wander into a match with people that you think you can take on or maybe you wait like Russ does and wait for everybody else's stock to fall off or you wait for that big item to pop up and then you go get it and clear the whole board the first time we were playing in like uh, one of the levels that is just like a straight line um, and I was playing as Ganondorf and I got the smash ball and I got seven people knocked out by using his like super special I cleaned the fucking board and it was like one of the most exhilarating moments I've ever had playing a video game before, because uh, maybe just because of how many people I uh, obliterated, but <laughs> I, it's just so like there's so much stuff like that, and it has the the really good uh, character customization stuff that the 3ds version had. It's just like man, and so many little a- details, like when you play as the the little Koopa Troopas, instead instead of just generic costume swaps for them, having all the uh- all right. Baby Who's King your favorite? I'm always Morton. That's like my dude. I'm like Morton. I'm really back and the forth glasses? between what's his name Iggy Ziggy Iggy Iggy and uh and Ludwig. Um and like the character roster is so great. I'm st- I'm trying to like teach myself the villager because there's nothing funnier than playing the game with somebody who hasn't played before and then the villager's like s- strongest special attack is he plants a tree and then <laughs> chops it. And then if it falls over on somebody, it, like, murders them. So, like, seeing somebody walk up to the tree and be like, oh, what's this tree doing here in the middle of the battlefield? And then just, like, crushing them with it is is really satisfying. Man, what a good game. Good job, yeah. Nintendo. Justin, I feel like you've been very quiet. Is this no. because you don't know people? Justin hates Smash Brothers. Uh, you do? I, I am a... I am a I am a. Uh, I, I, don't, I have nothing against Smash Brothers. It just doesn't... I don't get it. I don't get it i don't get it is it because you were never in a scenario where there were like a bunch of people no it's because when i try to play it i feel like my nanny i push buttons the little man on screen doesn't do anything i push all the buttons the little man doesn't do anything he puts a little stubby fist out there you need to do he puts his little stubby fist out there like he's gonna hit somebody no mario he's too far away you can't hit him no there's no way to hazuken i um (laughs) i don't like smash brothers (laughs) (laughs) i hate it yeah. Right, so let's talk about Mario Kart because I'm okay. going to just get rid of it really quick for us. Oh, Mario Kart 8 is excellent. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. It is an excellent Mario Kart game. It borrows plenty from Sega Sonic All-Star Racing Transformed. Uh, oh, that's why you Unfortunately, it. it is not as good. Um, and that's and crazy. I, no, no, no. I love I loved Mario Kart 8 when it came out. Here's Are you saying it's not though. as good as Sonic All-Star, All-Star Racing, Racing Transformed? Uh, you are all, you are no, no, no. Here, here's here's the beef. It, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful game. It's you can't well play a Shinmu, so you can't play a Shinmu. But also, it got Not rid of uh, the uh, what is it? Competitive mode, the versus Battle mode, mode, the balloons and stuff. I mean, it didn't yep. get rid of it as much as it completely mutated it it. into this horrible swamp yeah, monster. Bad. Yes. Um, bad. On top of that, though, there's no campaign stuff. It's, right. I it's agree. the same That's races that crap. it's been forever, same structure. Well, there's and never been what, a campaign. Yeah, but but what has happened while it was busy not changing at all is other games like Sega's Sonic All-Star Racing Transformed. Or even like Need for Speed and great stuff ways like that. to create campaigns. That or Choco- I like. Chocobo Racing. 
Sure, sure. Uh, it, it just feels like there are so many cool things happening in racing games and arcade racing games right now that to not add anything is dopey as shit. Like, there, there are too many cool things that they could do with this game, and instead they made just yet, yet another polished version of a great game, which is fine. But, like, at this point, the DS version is still way preferred for me over even this one. Um, wow. That's wrong. Um, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, for me, Smash Brothers is the, the, is the better game. It's my favorite Wii U game of, of the year and, like, really high in my top, top ten. Um, Mario Kart 8 is, I, I don't know, I spent a really long time playing it just because I have a group of friends who, I've told you guys about Cario Mart, right? No. That's our, our Mario Kart 64 drinking game where you open a beer when you start the race and you can't drink and play at the same time and you have to finish the beer before you finish the race. Um, it's the, I don't encourage that. It's the best. I don't either. It's bad. I mean, it's great. <laughs> don't you just drink the beer all at once and then race? Uh, that's a good. That's a really viable strategy because then when you're in last place, you get the best items. That's typically how I go. I'm not yeah. good at chugging. Oh. I'm, I'm super tight at drifting. There's a lot of technique to it because if you get like spun out by a red shell, put your controller yeah. down, have a few sips, get back in. Yep. Yep. yep um. Yep. Uh. So like, I have a group of friends that really likes Mario Kart, so we spent a lot of time playing it. And the DLC. Have you guys played the any of the DLC from Mario Kart Eight? No. It's. I, fucking, I will say I feel a little bad picking on it because I've heard the DLC is. So it's good. fucking spectacular. Really? What do they add? I know. Uh, what is it? Link drives a motorcycle. They add. I think it's four four new racers. There's Lots Link. Of Yoshis. There's Link. Uh, there's. I can't remember the others, but Link is like the standout. And then they added eight new tracks. So like, okay. that's a fuckload. That's that's like a, a lot of tracks. I think it's eight new tracks. My numbers might be off. Um. Uh. But yeah, it's really good. The the high rule. A um, map is really great. Instead of picking up coins, you pick up rupees. That's pretty. That's okay. pretty good stuff. But functionally, functionally, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it is basically the same. But um, I don't know. I just really, I, I, I think it is mechanically my favorite of the Mario Kart games because you're constantly, you're constantly doing shit. There's no like long, boring straightaways. Yeah. Like you are oh, yeah, having to true. always yeah. get them red sparks. You're having to constantly like look for tiny, tiny, tiny ramps that you can jump off and get those extra boosts of speed. You're constantly trying to like optimize your line when you're hang gliding. Um, it's just constantly throwing new new shit at you. Um, Do we think it's better than Beetle Adventure Racing? No. What no. one is? No. That's a sh- okay. Whoa, con- let's get that Just wanted back. to establish that we're all on the same also, page that, that Beetle Adventure kind of Racing is better. with Mario Kart 8 too, is it feels very straightforward. Like all the weird shortcutty oh, no. stuff, I, I don't get that in Mario Kart 8. No, no I shortcuts. disagree. I what disagree. shortcuts I think... are you talking about? Besides okay. the obvious, like oh, you go in the look fish, at this big open then... area to the right. Maybe there's a couple of shortcuts, but like fuck that, because I, I hate it when there's just like an obvious shortcut that everybody takes. What I really like about what Mario Kart Eight does is with the uh, the anti gravity stuff, then it opens up different paths for you to race on that are built for like different car tunings or different like uh, driving strengths. Like there's a really Motor really narrow path. path over a pit. Uh, you can take that, and it might be faster if you have a car that can handle it and a driver that can handle it. Otherwise, you need to stick to the main road, and it's constantly throwing that shit at you. Um, I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I, I think that it actually handles that stuff really well. Also, it's, like, fucking sweet being on the road and then looking to your left and, like, seeing somebody driving on a wall. Um, it's a, That's a really cool effect. Yeah. But now for me, it's yeah. Smash Brothers. Quick question. Justin, do you know the buttons for this game? Uh, this one, you just hold in the, the, uh, pedal. The go button. Yeah, there you go. 
You got it. I use the wheel. I only use the wheel, so. Okay. <laughs> Are uh, you standing on the uh, Wii pad while you do that? Uh, gut check. Gut check. check. Check that gut. Yeah. Uh, smash. 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 My gut is that I defer to you all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, acceptable. We're deleting I'll vote if we cart. need a tiebreaker. No. Beetle Adventure Racing. <laughs> all right. Uh, next round. Hearthstone versus Transistor. Kind of is going to be a nail biter. This one doesn't really uh, fit the. I get the last two right. I like, tried. I really tried. It's just you got. The, you you can't you, make the, appropriate matches for every single game. This one's like a cranberry, uh, cranberry sauce on the mashed potatoes. It's like the Thanksgiving leftovers that like yep. you want to try and make a meal out of, but you just you just can't. Uh, are you, were you serious about this being a nail biter? Yeah. No. Can, can I can I describe Hearthstone for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, imagine a version of Magic: The Gathering that everyone in the world can play is made by some of the smartest and best designers. Is absolutely beautiful and it's free. And right. it, it yeah. is presented so well that y- it feels like you could chew on it. It feels and like you could put it in your it, mouth and eat it. And and uh, has cards that. It, what I love about Hearthstone, and there's infinity things I love about Hearthstone, um, is that it couldn't exist in real life. It could not. There, there are game mechanics in it that could not work in like an actual physical. Maybe with like a lot of pencil and pa- uh, yeah, pen it would and paper, not be fun. like math and stuff, it'd be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, it. What a fucking great game. It is fantastic. Uh, uh, let, let's talk more about Transistor first because okay. I think yeah, and it's we can even save some of Hearthstone because I have a feeling if Hearthstone's going to win, we can talk more about it as it gets deeper into the. Thing. Well, we don't know. Could, sure, anything could happen. Chris. Okay, um, Transistor. So, I, I didn't finish. Yeah, I, I'd be Transistor. Transistor. I'll, 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 I'll drop it. All right. So Transistor is a gorgeous, um, really uh, presentationally amazing game. Uh, it's made by the folks that made uh, Bastion. Uh, Super, Bastion, Super Giant Games. And um, it introduced. They do a really good job, I think, introducing this like totally foreign wor- world that you don't really understand how it works, and all these crazy like computers, and whether it's VR and whether whatever it is, and it's all presented in like a very painterly, like uh, colorful uh, art style. And behind that is a turn-based uh, strategy mechanic. Um, well the, well, the soundtrack is also... And the soundtrack is... For yeah, me, it was better than, than even the, the artistic presentation of the game. Yeah. Uh, I, the issues that I had with Transistor, the reason why in this situation it wouldn't be my pick, is because I think <laughs> the uh, combat system did not really feel as great. It's very ambitious, um, but it, di- it didn't quit, quite hit on every single point it was going for. Uh, it felt a little more cumbersome and a little more hit or miss, like... Like, I wasn't sure exactly what was going on at all given times, um, and that made it a little bit frustrating. Uh, I, I don't know. I felt like there are a lot of uh, thematic and presentational lines you can draw between this and Bastion, and I and I feel like what worked really well in Bastion that is not working so well here is that for as sort of narratively solemn and ponderous and uh, sometimes just sort of desolate as Bastion could be, the action was a really nice counterpoint to it because it was always so f- uh, frenetic and 
um, you know, tons of stuff going on at once and very in the moment, very, uh, yeah. uh, you know, you, you felt very connected. Um, and the the issue I had with Transistor, which I, I finished and enjoyed a great deal and thought did some really interesting things, maybe even more interesting than Bastion in terms of like putting out a story in a in a very sort of like nonlinear catch as catch can way that sort of let you almost assemble it in your head sort of in the background. Um, but but that as a pairing with the 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 sort of turn based action made for something that I if I found it harder to get connected to. It just it didn't have the moments of like sort of heart pounding excitement yeah. that 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 helped to balance out the sort of somber uh presentation of the story i will say though it had the best use of the uh playstation speaker in that game uh hearing the voice of the sword coming through the controller oh that's cool was super see cool. i played it on pc i didn't get that yeah i also really nice i like that it also had a flourish button which basically just you threw the sword into the air and did a little and flip. a humming button and a hum well. button that was really really terrific yeah I, i'm cool. sitting here trying to think why i didn't finish transistor i really think it was just one of those games that i just like moved on from to, yeah to i I'm, it, it I'm, doesn't do a great job encouraging like keeping that breadcrumb trail right because i, I yeah. really like the turn-based combat system. Like, I think that was really, really clever. It was getting a little bit repetitive for me, yeah. but that might just be because uh, most of the, what are they, the EXE, like, tools that I had um, were s- sort of similar, and so, like, I didn't I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of variety in the combat. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, again, like, that also seems like the thing that could change. I really like the customization system of, like, um, letting your other main powers like absorb certain traits of other ones by like nesting them inside i i thought that stuff was really cool i really liked i really liked this game a lot i just i guess i just like it fell off my my radar and i moved on to some did this come around it, around the same time that like dark souls 2 came out maybe was that p- possibly the maybe thing that it felt like I a game know. where all the different pieces on their own were really really interesting i just never got it to click together for me like I, yeah. I, 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 and part of it was I just I could never really get into the story. I could never quite tell what was happening, and they based everything on the story. Like w- when you're doing the connecting the two different weapon pieces, there's all this information about like each weapon is like people. a person, right? Yeah, and, and like I, I, because of that, I was like, oh, I don't really want to read this at this point. I'm confused, and now I'm like disconnected from the weapon stuff entirely. So, like, talking about this game, I makes me want to go back and play it because I did like all these things on their own. I just couldn't quite get into the game. Is it on any port? Is it on Vita or anything? I think it's coming no. to Vita, which is... But I think... I, I haven't tried this myself, but I think it would be perfect for a remote play yeah. just because, I mean, the hum and the flourish button are optional. Can so you, you don't fucking believe that every time we talk about a game... We always ask if it's on Vita because we want to play it on fucking Vita, and the Vita <laughs> is is going in the fucking dumpster. I love the Vita. I do it's too. So How the fuck is? <laughs> I don't know. They, they, didn't they announce that they're bringing all the uh, the the video games or something to the Vita? Wasn't that part yeah, of? Yeah, they're bringing all the video games. Is what they announced. All yeah, the video yeah games that's why I thought it was something like all the video games. Uh, I would honestly pay two hundred dollars to have a Vita with all of the buttons of a PS4 controller. I would pay $200 right now today. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> Just so re- for remote play, it'd be fantastic. Uh, Hearthstone. Okay. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Yeah, Hearthstone's really good. Hearthstone. I like that game. And I'm playing it again. Like, 
we should talk a little bit about a Hearthstone, right? Well, like, I mean, we can come back to it because we're going to need things to talk yeah. about. Have you guys have you guys played either of the expansions? Uh, I'm uh, playing. I played the first through one. Shadow of Naxxramas. Naxxramas, yeah, yeah. Right now, that's a uh, that that is an interesting sort of like um, com- uh, an interesting companion to how I like to play Hearthstone because I don't get into deck building at all. I I have no. Uh, alacrity for putting together like a killer deck that's going to work really well. So for me, it's very much about like finding online a deck that's supposed to be good mm-hmm. for beating a certain boss and then like trying to reverse engineer something kind of like yeah. that with my shitty cards that don't have, uh, you know, whatever legendary <laughs> is like the keystone of that. Like, so that's kind of been actually fun for me is figuring out like, well, okay, I don't have. You know, I don't have Blizzard, so maybe just like some more. I don't know. I got Ice Lance. Is that kind of the same thing? Yeah. Um, and seeing if I can get through with, by the skin of my teeth has actually been pretty fun. Have have has anybody else played the Goblins versus Gnomes at all? No, that's the one thing I'm a little bit scared about. Is like I played Naxxramas and that was fun. I'm just worried at this point. Like I haven't played in a while. Didn't they introduce like 90 new cards? Or like 100, or 120 or something. Like that that, well, that was like, post. Post Nax, like Nax introduced okay. a bunch of cards on its own. That makes How me worried though to get that? into it. Like I, I'm, right. I'm worried to get back. No, into, because like, everybody, every, play. understand right now, everybody's at square one. Nobody knows the best way to play Hearthstone anymore, and that yeah, shit, I that shit, so. them shits was codified. Them shit, it was like yeah. there were Warlock Zoo decks, and there were uh, uh, there were Miracle Rogues, and like yeah. these these different strategies that were the best strategies in the game. Like every like you know hearthstone based website that ranks the the meta game like which class is just better uh yeah. and all that shit is upended right now like nobody yeah, knows what's up. Cool. i'm playing a priest for the first time ever because i got a bunch of good priest cards in my free gnomes versus goblins expansion packs that i got um and then just started playing a, a mech priest deck that i just like fucking invented knowing nothing about what i was doing and i'm like in love with the game again man what a good game cool Okay, round Hearthstone three wins. This one's round four actually. Four. <laughs> I feel like this one's going to be really hard. It shouldn't be, but I, it shouldn't be. I yeah, I don't know. I, I here. Okay, so the next one, uh, the next matchup is PT, short for Playable Teaser versus Far Cry Four. Uh, I don't know. When you say it should be easy, I don't know what you want to vote for, Griffin. Oh, Far Cry Four. Okay. Okay, well, I'm glad that we made that clear. I feel really strongly about PT. It is one of, if not the most memorable video game experiences of this year for me. I think it's brilliant. We just, we're not going to get on the same page about this one. Okay, so let me just lay it out, and then you could say whatever you want. Um, PT, um, why I like it so much. I'm not a horror game guy. And part of the reason is that I think horror games traditionally... When I think about games like Silent Hill, uh, I think about, like, here's the, you know, octagon of truth that has a dragon thing on it, and you have to put it in a door, and then it unlocks the next area. So is Resident Evil the only horror game you've played? And Silent Hill. Like, all the J-horror games are like that. They're like, they have lame, obtuse puzzles, and it doesn't interest me at all with PT. They made it so grounded a, because it's in first person and because it's set in like a hallway, um, that I was like legit pulled in. Cause it was so goddamn believable. Like the graphics in that game are unreal because they just had to render the coolest looking hallway they could. Right. And, and just like 
the oh my god when you try to go in the bathroom and what happens there and every single moment granted the only ex- the experience was what 30 minutes 40 minutes uh we'll come back to that but no I, but go on i mean granted you could do the multiple levels of intricacy yep. later on i think, uh-huh. I think griffin has four hours of experience it, with this game here's do you, here's, do you want to know my experience with fucking pt yeah. sure go for it uh they released it as a surprise following the uh what was it the playstation press conference yeah uh, one games, of the press gamescom or something like that yeah. uh they released it as a surprise and immediately i said i need to capture video of this thing that is almost certainly going to be a trailer for something this is there's definitely this is a fucking arg or something i gotta crack this code so then i spent the next like 12 hours wandering around (laughs) the hallway waiting for phones to ring listening for babies to cry trying to find the fucking secret riddle that that hideo kojima had hidden inside of this fucking game and then the way that somebody cracked it well somebody cracked it accidentally on twitch uh, right after I like gave up and went to dinner, and then I got a text like, "Hey, just to let you know, if you'd gone on for like ten more minutes, you would have found out it was Silent Hill. Did you have fun today? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. And then the, people, the that way that you the... actually fucking crack <laughs> it is the most arcane, fucking dumbest. Like you have to find all the okay, finding all the picture pieces was pretty cool. I found the one in the menu, and I was like, that's pretty tight. But then you have to like stand in one place for a minute and then you walk to the phone and you look at the picture and then you sing yourself a song and then you have to say the word like what it, you have, what is the word you have to say into a fucking headset in order to get the trailer to pop off Kojima no you have to say a word <laughs> and it's like, like Babadook it's the it's all that shit like yes as an experience as a scary free surprise experience it was cool it was cool but the hours that I spent wandering around trying to make sense of a riddle that is like the fucking dumbest thing ever was like so hugely frustrating for me and i know that i'm alone probably in that experience as a person who whose job it is to get like good video content and also early news out of any like game content we get but fuck your problem with that is that it made it too hard to do your job was that it made it too hard to yeah i guess and the like you know, I just drink my ties. Maybe day, it would have been maybe it would have been better if that one, if that one person hadn't like accidentally figured it out. I don't know if you guys watched like the Twitch stream, but it was a a, a woman who uh, I don't even think she meant to do it. Like I don't know how she maybe she said a word that sounded like the the key word that you're supposed to say to pop it off. Um, Bazinga, Bazinga, and and then like got it that first day, and I think Hideo Kojima himself was like, "Well, that's disappointing. I wanted that to last like a few weeks. Like I didn't want people to know that quickly that it was a Silent Hills trailer." Um, but like, yeah, the, the, the ARG like nature of it was a huge bummer for me. Okay. Well, I don't know that that was the, uh, you know, having to mainline it was the experience for a lot of people. I mean, honestly, like I, did you keep, did you keep going back and playing it, trying to like ferret out the the mystery? No, didn't care. (laughs) I didn't even make it to a certain point. I got what I liked out of it. I right, was exactly. Freaked out like, after 15 I don't need to hit the like, end. I never need to do that again. It, but it was amazing. It yeah. was like one of the best, like really an amazing horror experience. Whether I played through the end and cracked the crazy code, who cares? I really love it. It's called playable teaser. So? And if you don't get the teaser out of it, I got the teaser. Well, it's called PT. They were teasing this really awesome horror game that I was totally in for. Okay. But it's a game. Because it's game of the year. (laughs) It's not. It's super not. Justin, what did you think? I got 
sort of. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed the experience of what I played with PT, but I'm not interested in something I have to have like a wiki page open in my phone. You don't to, like, though. Get the you could have just out of it. Get you all the cool. Content. I mean, you got the spooks anyway. She ate you. She didn't. Like I the didn't little get girl. That far. I need to step it up. Okay. Um, yeah. This is just. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was neat, but not a game, and certainly not a game of the year. I I think it was a neat experience, but not. not I mean, it can't hang. It was a pleasant surprise, certainly. P.S. <laughs> they should have called it P.S. Can talk about the saddest thing about all of it, though, is that thing got so much hype, and then they interview Kojima, and they're like, hey, uh, is is the game going to be anything like this? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to have a lot more puzzles and action. You know? uh, Give the fans what they want. <laughs> it's like... Uh, is, that like game, l- is that game next year? Is that... Yeah, maybe. Uh, who knows? I really have to work about getting Metal Gear out eventually. I'm fucking gasping for a good horror game uh, or, or yeah. a good i mean okay <laughs> have you there been, been there been a lot of there been yeah pc is like the fucking king of this but like i'm I'm gasping for a a game in the style of games that apparently russ frustic hates um yep i'm i'm i mean, octagons obviously like eternal darkness sequel is like never going to happen no i got that five nights at freddy's that's a pretty good horror game yeah what about five nights st- at freddy's too yeah, that both that came out this year, which is kind of to have that line around. <laughs> um, like stuff like that is is awesome, and I'm glad that that stuff is is around. I'm just I, like that that beefy like exploration based thing with maybe a few RPG mechanics. Fuck it, why not? Um, like I, I really really want something like that. I mean, like, I, God, I can't remember that the last game I played like that was like Jesus, like the the Wii Silent Hill game. Shattered, oh, yeah. shattered yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. It was, yeah. I didn't, I didn't hate it. I, I actually liked it quite a bit. With um, the flashlight, that was excellent. My oh, dream yeah. is for Silent Hills to be PT meets what that XCOM first person game was supposed to be. Like if it was like twelve, like little PTs, little yeah, investigations that all connected. As that long as be... the solution wasn't like plug in a headset and wait for the phone to ring twice and Here's... then walk to the bathroom and the baby might cry, but there's no guarantee the baby's gonna cry. Oops, sure. it didn't cry. Start over four hours later. Here's Norman Reedus. <laughs> Oh Hide in a cardboard box. P- wink, wink. PT um, is up against Far Cry Four. Far Cry just, Four. Can we talk like, about it? It's really Far Cry Four is really, really, it's really, really good. Excellent. Yeah, it's really good. I, I, I don't want to take away anything away from Far Cry Four. It is definitely one of my favorite games of the year. Um, Justin, you want to yeah. do you want to spearhead Far Cry Four? Far Cry Four is an evolution of the Far Cry 3 experience. What is this voice? More than it is. This is my, like, I... Professional uh, reviewer. Huh? Professional reviewer voice. Professional reviewer. This is how I I would pronounce it to, like, if I were for Ubisoft and I was, like, presenting it to uh, buyers for Walmart. This is how I would... This is how I would present the game. Um, It's a... It's a... it it is building on Far Cry three in in inarguably. I mean, if if you want, if the knock you want to put against this game is that it shares too much DNA with its predecessor, I don't think it's going to be able to to get out from underneath that. But if you are interested in a refinement of that experience in almost every conceivable way, from uh, gameplay to narrative, I think that like Far Cry four delivers on that. It also adds a co-op mode that is as fun as anything you're going to do in a video game this year, 
guaranteed, hands down. It is I'm like, an absolute full-bore blast. Um, I love Far Cry 4 very, very much, and uh, I think it is, a, it is an excellent game that I wish more games would... I mean, even for like a trip, I know it's like a triple A release, and as such, like it can't have the maybe the level of like personality that you would see in a in a in an indie game that is made from a very specific viewpoint. But it does make like creative, stylistic choices. Uh, yep. Far Cry Four, and it's like, and it and it is so refreshing to see a game actually like going for it in 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 a way that Far Cry Four does that other games uh, don't. Just the first ten minutes are like. The the punch before the credits is like it feels really vibrant and like full of life and vitality in a way that a lot of AAA games just don't. They just kind of lie there. And it had the luxury of having a protagonist that you didn't. I mean, I don't think the protagonist has a lot of character in this game, but at least you don't hate actively him despise your being. When he gets eaten yeah. by a tiger, you're not like awesome. And they're also a lot smarter because in the first game, they sort of fell into the idea that, oh, having an awesome antagonist is a good idea. Here, they were like, oh, let's actually do that instead of making that antagonist die in the first half of the game. Well, that's actually a really interesting thing about video games that I hadn't really thought about until this year with Pagan Men is is that because of the way video games are made, most of the time your, your protagonist isn't going to have much character because it's you it's an avatar right you know yeah. that, that you're that you're living through so the same you, same thing with dragon age same thing that i just pointed out with dragon age where like you are not the most important character or interesting character in any game yeah it yeah. makes sense to just have more compelling antagonists sure well that's tv as well because you have so much more room to move with an antagonist the protagonist has to be relatively flat in terms of a right. character seth, seth cohen is way more interesting than ryan atwood exactly those are characters um the co-op stuff though like i can't stress enough i tried to play the co-op but then justin didn't accept my invite oh man really he's sad. accepted my invite several times there's just oh my there's just so many fucking fun games you could like it, it is so streamlined it's so designed for like if something if there is something you can think of that would be fun to do it like lets you do it like it, there are these personal helicopters that you can hop in uh, what are they, buzzers, that you can yeah. hop in and just have this, like, open, beautiful view of Kirat. Um, and you hop in that, and you think, like, man, it sure would be fun if you could ride on the back of it like a bicycle and just, like, fire your grenade launcher off the back of this thing. And, yeah, you can do that. Like, physically, aerodynamically, doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense, but sure, yes, go for it. Yeah. Do that I thing. Also, yeah, I also really like the fact that the console versions, PS4 and Xbox One, looked much better than the PC version. Oh, is that true? No. I, I'm just, just hearing to see if Plant is listening. Trolling me. I'm trolling Plant. No, it does. It does look extremely good on next-gen consoles. False. Obviously, it looks much much better on PC. But it's a gorgeous game, no matter where you play it. Whereas, to be honest, Dragon Age, I didn't think looked very good on console. No, I don't know how it looks on PC, but it's kind of a little bit ugly on console. It was a little too demanding for my PC, which is disheartening because I built it in fucking January. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the the problem with PC right now is like if you don't have a card that came out this fall, you're yep. screwed. That is the game. That's yeah. um, Far Cry Four also has honey badgers, which I really appreciate. Who are like invulnerable. <laughs> Yeah, they're um, fantastic. They take a lot of damage to 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 knock out. True to real honey badgers. Um, I feel like Far Cry Four scratches a lot of the itches that like Just Cause 
Maybe scratch. Yeah, for me. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. definitely feels like just cause in first person. There are many things in the game that I cannot imagine they did not see in just cause. And then yeah. is, is just cause three going to have co op? Uh, because because now I kind of. I feel like Far Cry 4 has has raised the bar a little bit because like the stuff that you can do in Far Cry 3 um, that was really, really fun uh, alone and the stuff that you can do in Far Cry 4 that's really, really fun to do alone is incalculably more fun when you're doing it with another person. Just fucking watching. Have you played I'm, Just Cause 2 online? With the, the co-op hack? No, I thing? Yeah. Um, just, just like watching Justin like fucking shit. ride an elephant off of a, a, a airport runway off a cliff and then like jump off the elephant's back and wingsuit away is like <laughs> that's like the fucking funniest shit i've ever seen a video game character do um and it's like the only thing that's going to happen with co-op and so like if that shit isn't in games of this ilk from this point on i feel like it's actually going to be a pretty huge disappointment yeah. i i can't imagine it not being in those sorts of games yeah like it it seems like the direction everything's going uh yeah for me it's far cry 4 with a with a bullet yeah Yeah, i one one quick question do you i I feel like they can't do this model again oh no no they're gonna assassin's creed it if they do if they do another one that doesn't uh, that's not a joke. They're, if they do another one that is just like, oh, it's another big exotic open right. world and, and you can do it with co-op. Like, how do you evolve this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's I don't know. It, that, I mean, that that's obviously it's up to them. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's going to be I mean, the good thing is they're going to release Beyond Good and Evil 2 next year. That'll give no, some buffer it. time. Yeah, right. I'm fucking yeah. glad that Far Cry 4 existed because like, god damn you guys, this was like, this year was like Ubisoft's fall from grace almost and like it, it, it i'm glad that they had like a, a game that i adored um uh, among a bunch of other games that were just like not super great um because if man if they didn't have that then like the the uh what is the the agency no what is the game the, oh god the Tom oh. fancy game yeah uh, uh, division the, the division and, and the rainbow six game like they still have a lot of games that i'm looking forward to but this was not like the best uh I don't know, the best the best year for their for their brand. I really hope and I hope that this doesn't get lo- looped in with the narrative of those because this is actually a very good. You know, it doesn't really fit in with the with the narrative. I think people were trying to. Force it also it runs like, on PC. Like yeah, for a change. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a markedly better game than everything else they put out this year. Um, I yeah. don't know. I'm still hoping they can they can pull off pull off those those games I mentioned next year pretty well but. i just want anything with those rabbits y'all Bring quick vote. i got gut rabbit check. fever gut check, gut Far Cry check. Four. okay Far Cry fine four. yeah yeah that's Far Cry four. so be it okay next up we got uh dark souls 2 versus bayonetta 2 i'm about to get fucking fierce i picked uh, these two uh, up against each other just so you guys are clear because they both have two in them terrific job Great I need job. check before we even do this, because I think we can just finish this one right now. It's going to be don't, Bayonetta 2, Don't right? you fucking dare. I'm about to get... I'm about to go beast. I, uh... Okay, I, okay. I think that... I think it's pretty obvious that Dark Souls 2 is going to come out on top here. Before we, like, get to that, can we just talk about Bayonetta 2 first? Because this one really caught me by surprise. I... I played Did you play the a, original? A couple hours of it and didn't get into it. I don't know why... Um, it just didn't grab me. Uh, and Bayonetta 2, I loved. First off, just on a mechanical level, it is, it is really great 
when I figured out that I could have my Wii U tablet in my office, which is the floor above my Wii, and play a Wii U game that way. Yeah. Um, you really don't appreciate that system until, like, you're in a situation like that. Like, wow, that's really nice. Uh, I really wish... I'm amazed that it has that level of range. I can't, I, I can't play it. I have my Wii U in my office, and I can't play it from my living room, which is on the same floor. Well, this is like a direct... It's like a straight shot. Like, yeah. ab- above my... Uh, uh, directly above where the console is. Right um, now in my office. I don't think um, you can give Bayonetta any points for that, though. Yeah, because Mario Kart 8, Smash Brothers. Fair, fair. No, I mean, absolutely true. Bayonetta 2, for me, it, what I... The, the thing that really sold me on it... First off, um, it, is a, it is a character action game that has a lot of combos, but doesn't require you to know any of them. It, the, the skill involved is not about, like memorizing the best way to do the highest damage and memorizing a combo and and doing you know quarter rotations of the stick to 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 finish moves it's just about dodging and pattern recognition and i think that's really what i really dug is like it, it was a it was an action game where your skill with it wasn't necessarily about like how how well you had absorbed the the actual combat mechanics and what it really tested was your ability to assess the enemy like in yeah. the moment how, like, how well you can how well you can improvise in any right game battle and and look at the enemy and say like okay what is his attack look how do i know that he's about to attack because really what this whole combat system comes down to is dodging so if you dodge at the exact right moment then when an enemy is attacking bandit to you know which time which the enemy basically slows to a crawl and you're able to put a bunch of damage on them and then move out of the way of whatever attack they have. And there's there's variations on this to where, like, um, there's one where if you trigger which time exactly when you get hit, you don't take damage and you turn into a swarm of bats. Of course. Um, yeah, of course, because why wouldn't you? Um, that, but, system was, that system was in the original Bayonetta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't as... It, it was never as mechanic. I don't know what they did, but it wasn't as mechanically satisfying as it is here. It was harder to pull off, I guess. Maybe it does uh, feel uh, like Punch Out, right? Because you're watching the enemy, you're looking for their tail. They like wiggle their eyebrows, and then you know to dodge, and then you get a ton of damage on them. Essentially, yeah, it's exactly like Punch Out. Great job, Russ. Thank you. It's a, <laughs> uh, that's expert commentary. I can't. Be- I can- yeah, I can't believe the industry lost you. I know. <laughs> what, what will they do? <laughs> Um, our, our poet laureate. My other thing with Bayonetta 2 is just the incredible sense of of scale. Um, every every boss you see and you think, well, they can't expect me to fight him now. I'm sure I'll come back around and fight that's, this guy that's at the final end of the boss. game. Yeah. That's a final boss level. No, he's just like a guy that's there and just happens to be a huge three-faced crown that shoots stars and angels at you and he's just like there he's like the doorman to the actual uh uh area i was worried Um, after that first level with this problem because you fight on uh fighter jets that are like crashing through new york city and i was like ah this is awesome but this is going to be some sonic the hedgehog stuff where the first two stages are like high octane crazy and then it's gonna like go to slow boring crap and uh, it's the exact opposite. It only it tries to out crazy itself every single stage. Do you guys watch I'm, the cutscenes, by the way, in between these things with the talking and the dialogue? <laughs> or, with the talking and the dialogue, do you, or do you just skip them? 
I watch them. I can't. I watch. I could. I watch them, though, but they're miserable. They're so long and boring. Oh god, it makes me want to die. But you can skip them, so I can't really knock that. Uh, it's more than I can say about Destiny. Oh god. Um. Uh. Yeah, I, it reminded reminded me of that. I love that. Like a lot of people didn't get into, but um. And uh, did you guys ever play Ninja Blade? No. no. I mean, Ninja Blade was a From Software game. I remember on it was Xbox a bit of a dark horse. Came out in two thousand nine. Um, it was a, that amazing sense of like of scale, like you know, running up a missile to flip it into a plane, that kind of crap. Um, and I, and I thought Bayonetta really nailed that. I really liked sprinting. You turn into a panther, and the double jump you could you become a wonderful butterfly. I like that. Lovely. That was that's my two cents. Thank you, Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, uh did Chris Plant did you play this game? Bayonetta two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that's what I was talking about with the jet thing. You uh love it? I, yeah, I, I mean I wish I had more time to play more of it. I had Frush over yesterday so he could play that hour and I was worried even then, like knowing how it how it keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier, that he would somehow get like the boring middle part when I handed him the control, <laughs> and uh, that was not the case. There was actually a moment where uh, you freeze a giant wave, and you have to oh, run yeah. across a wave. And, I, and it's visually, I mean, it's beautiful, but it, it's kind of like, this. it's beautiful, but then you just have to walk through it, uh, which has always been kind of my beef with these games, where it's like, it looks amazing, but really what you're doing is just walking and being Pressing on forward, platforms. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, man, if this was like, like a real nintendo game you wouldn't just walk on this wave you would surf on it and then like i shit you not 20 minutes later (laughs) you're surfing on a wave fighting a monster and i was like okay got it they they were saving that for they were holding that gem uh yeah i don't know i liked what i played i didn't like it markedly more i mean i liked it a little bit more than the first one but i guess if everything is so bonker jerks crazy you can't really I guess if everyone is super, then no one is. You know that quote from that movie. No, uh, it's just like there's. I don't know the pacing of it. I just was like, wow, this is super cool, but I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again. I I I, I think again, this is like another one of those games where I'm trying to figure out why I didn't finish it, and I just think it had. I I have to play everything doing the the videos that I do now for Polygon, and so like it's really hard for me to sit down and and finish a game i feel like i really wish this had come out like in those summer months it it is really weird my wife doesn't play uh most video games yeah uh, and like i don't have the stomach to explain like some context for this game when it's doing it's like weird like start on her lips and then go down through her boobs and then like scan like inches away from her crotch and then up her butt crack and it's like that's where her that's the source of her magic source of her power but it yeah it's such an enjoyable game but like and i and i get that it's doing the chill cheese ball thing but there's this weird line where sometimes it feels like the cheese ball works and sometimes it feels just gross Y'all want me to talk about Dark Souls 2? Sure. Since I've beaten it, like, fucking three times this year. <clears throat> so I, I had a question for you, Griffin. Yes. The impression that I get is the general consensus of the internet, snobs that they are, people seem disappointed with Dark Souls 2. Do I think it's off base? I mean, I mean, okay. 
Dark Souls 2, for me, is an improvement on the original Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls in just about every way. Just about every conceivable way. And in, in making those changes, and making those improvements, I should say, they changed a lot of core systems of the game. And um, while that may not <clears throat> sound like such a huge deal... Um, because it's that's sort of like the nature of iteration. I feel like people played Dark Souls in a way that a lot of action RPGs aren't played. I feel like a lot of people played it uh, if they were like hardcore into the PvP element of the game. Uh, then the the changes would be f- more dramatic, right? It would be like if they uh, changed entire systems in like Street Fighter Five. Um, so I think that that stuff was. Uh, a bit disappointing for people. I think that its approach to difficulty is is different than the original Dark Souls was. So for purists, in that sense, uh, maybe it would be a disappointment. But for like everyone else, I feel like outside of those, uh, you know, hardcore fringe Dark Souls enthusiasts, it was just a better game. And and the original Dark Souls is one of my favorite games of all time. So to have a a, a improved version of that. Uh, is something pretty spectacular. Um, Dark Souls 2, I think, is my game of the year. Like, I, I, I really did beat it. I beat it twice. I'm, I uh, got about halfway through my third playthrough. Um, I was playing as Sonic Hedgehog, a character I created to look like Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, it just was... Did you guys play it? I should ask. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I It just... Some games, I, I got so into it, I, I got the strategy guide, despite what you encouraging me feverishly not to. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I loved it because of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we had I, this conversation, I, and it made me very angry, but go on. Yeah, but, I, but what I like about the game was I didn't use that to get through the entire game, but when I found that the choice was between just not playing the game anymore... Uh, or turn yeah. into something that could like help me move a little bit further. Uh, I appreciated that. I also liked that their guide had so much in the way of the lore again, which is weird. Uh, but it, explaining kind of what's actually happening in the game and a little bit of history about the series because there's a shit uh, ton. There's a there's shit a ton. ton, and they they and really not played the other stuff. It, yeah, it helps. They divulge it mostly through item descriptions, which is cr- which is fucking. Butterfly Sugar Baby Crazy Town. Um, but, I mean, for me, that's one of the many, many charms of this uh, this series. I couldn't tell... A, I couldn't give you a single fact. I played through all of Dark Souls 1 and some of Dark Souls 2, and I couldn't say one okay. word about the story. You don't I know about the, about the first fire and the... There's a big bird that carries you places. Okay, so the very beginning of the first game is... And you're a zombie. Well close mm, well, and there's some witches pretty good i and there's a, a rock that kills you i was i did not finish the first dark souls um i i got to well i got to anna rolando and i and i <laughs> and i bailed um you wrote a song wrote a beautiful song and then i i quit um this i i i don't know why dark souls 2 works so much better for me a lot of it is some concessions towards playability and i know people will there are some people who will denounce some of those changes as as like getting too far from the spirit of the game but the balance that dark souls 2 struck for me so much better than dark souls 1 is that 
there were things that were hard, but they didn't, it wasn't trying to break you. Like, it wasn't trying to break your spirit. And I think there is a lot of things in Dark Souls 1. Famous, like, for me, it, it the best example is getting cursed. The fact that there was just this mechanic that, like, when it happened to you, it it was already a very hard game, and the game just got harder. And and it and and, and there was, was almost nothing. You could reach a point where you didn't have enough souls to buy the cure. You may not have gotten far enough to get to the person who sells the cure for it. Right. Um. Yeah. It was man. What a what a huge fuck you that was. And I and and once I feel that spirit in a game, once I feel that like oh you're just trying to like antagonize me, like it's it's hateful. You know what I mean? It's like the difference between. Being in a haunted house and being in a haunted house where somebody kicks you in the nads sometimes. Like, I'm I'm just trying to be scared. You don't need to kick me in the nads. Um, That's unnecessary. Yeah, I, I, I feel what you're saying. I far, or, uh, Dark Souls 2 has a lot more... It, it has, a, I should say, it has a lot fewer moments that are just like, yeah, this is fucking super, super, super difficult and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, there's... I feel like Dark Souls 2 doesn't have the um, Ornstein and Smog fight. Where it's just like, yep, you're just not going to... I imagine that was the fight that made you stop playing the original Dark Souls. Correct. That that fight that's just like, (laughs) yeah, it's going to be fucking incredibly difficult. It's just super, super, super hard. Fuck you. If you can't beat it, then go play, you know, a SpongeBob SquarePants game. Um, I feel like Dark Souls 2 has less of that stuff. It definitely still has that stuff. Like the entire goddamn uh, water level where people are just blasting you with magic while you run at like one and a half feet per minute um like that's that stuff is still very very frustrating there's still definitely like blockades like progress blockades but they are not as soul crushing as dark souls was and if that's the stuff that you liked about dark souls that's fine i understand why you are not as into dark souls 2 because it definitely loses some of that spirit but like i think as a result it is a better game and it's also like a way bigger game um I just like, especially with the the three expansions. I don't know how deep you guys have dug into that, but like, it is now like, I don't know that that those equal about half of the core game. So now it's like, uh, you know, fifty percent bigger than it was, and it already Jeez. was like fucking enormous. Like, there's just so there's so much to do. There's so many different ways to customize your character. So many different ways to build your character out. Um, so many like amazing ways to fuck with other players. Um, I, I got so much joy out of the chameleon spell where I would just like invade a person's world and then go chameleon and like take on the shape of an urn next to a bottomless pit. Oh my then, God. You can do that. Yeah. And then somebody walks by and a kick and then you spar to them and like that shit is so, uh, you just kick them off. A cliff. Yeah. It's so amazing. Every time it works out or you use wrath of the gods, which is like this huge force spell that just like launches them off, off of a bridge. How many different things can you turn into? Uh, you can turn on like a vase or a torch or wh- wherever you are. The, the chameleon spell, I think does different stuff based oh, on the, cool. uh, the environment. Uh, yeah, but then I you mean, can get zany is, with like, you can buy a set of armor after you've like, uh, played through new game plus that uh, gives you, like, butterfly wings so that you can jump off ledges and float down, which you can use to, like, execute these insane aerial maneuvers and then do, like, a drop attack on somebody and, like, insta-kill them. Like, that shit is so amazing that on top of, like, this core game that is one of the finest role-playing games, one of the finest action games, one of the finest action role-playing games I've ever played, 
there is also this deeper layer of just like silly shit of 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 silly shit that just isn't in other games and makes it like one of the most special I, I played through the game again just well because they released it on pc and it was just like so much better um but just to like dig deeper into that uh that layer of you've beaten the game now look at all this crazy stuff you can do i i've spent more time watching youtube videos of people coming up with like insane pvp builds that shouldn't work but do uh than i have watching watching any other content for any other game this year than watching sunsets than watching sunsets with my family yeah um <laughs> it's just like it's just an incredible game um, that I I loved every single second of. I couldn't put it down. I think we'll be talking about it more. Are we ready for a vote here? Can we just vote sure. up down? For, for me, it's Dark Souls two. Dark Souls That's two. That's fine. Dark Souls. Yep. 2. Dark Souls two. I agree. Cool. Excellent. Sorry, Bayonetta. Sorry, Bayonetta. Next up, we have Wolfenstein. Okay. Let me let me jump in real quick for this <laughs> Wolfenstein versus Destiny battle. I know full well 110% where this is going to go, and I going to go the right way. Agree with it, but let me just say I don't a think couple things. I don't think you. And now Russ Frostick presents the case for destiny. I don't think. Yeah, let me just, can I? Can I? Okay, Russ. Yeah, go for it, Griffin. For me, it's destiny. Really? Uh, yeah. I because but I'm a fundamentally broken. I'm a broken person inside. So am I. I've dropped. God knows how many hours into Destiny, so that tells you how broken I am. But I, but I will also say this. I will never play that fucking game ever again. But go on. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say about Destiny. And I strongly believe this, and I fucking hate when people say this, but it is 100% true about Destiny. The very it gets best... better after con- hour 30. It gets better after hour 30. It's 100% right, and it's bullshit, and I hate it. What's your jam? What's, what, what is this constant... It's 100% raid content. The raid content is so fucking good. And I'm going to give you an example. Last night I was playing with some Vox product guys, Jake Lear and the rest. And DZ was there. It was the whole crew. And we got together. We had six people. And the new raid that just came out, Crota's End or whatever it's called, starts with this insane dash from a bunch. you're, You're in this dark cavern. It looks like the Mines of Moria, you know, with the giant pillars. But it's very dark. And there's like basically effectively zombies attacking you from all sides and you're running as a group from lighted pillar to lighted pillar frantically and as you activate the pillars they explode and it's just this frantic like left for dead style race through this pitch black environment okay that and is this super is super this is the raid that came in the 20 dollars dlc pack this right? is the raid that came in the 20 dollars dlc now there are similar moments in the raid that came with the core game so i'm right. not saying that you need the dlc to enjoy this stuff but unfortunately, you need to be like level twenty six at least and to that, experience any raid content. And you content. need the DLC to enjoy any future raid. And that fucking grind right. is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, well, you you can play right the original raid and then DLC to. Play but then at the end of the at the end of the raid, does it not culminate in a boss fight where you shoot a guy for an hour and just no? That's not true. Okay. The raid in both in in both cases, the final boss fights are actually complex that's what i love about the raid content and and it's again a shame because the rest so of the game both really cases, is there just one like no, in two. the in, in the main what? game there's one raid in the main right there's one raid in the main game then there's one raid in the dlc <laughs> so this game deserves to be on this list because there was one raid in it well let, let's let's be very clear that the fans wanted this game on the list i did not fight for this game to be on the list 
uh, because of the reason that the rest of the game really doesn't be, stand Can I be on, on, like, completely honest with you guys? I worry that, for, like, just for myself as a, as a critic and appreciator of games, that, like, the uh, – my own sort of, like, personal situation is going to start really hindering a lot of the best gaming experiences. Are you talking about like, – did you just People. call your baby your situation? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean my 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 age and the stuff I'm doing and and like I that sounds like what you just described Russ sounds like an absolute blast. And like I I don't think that I am going to be in a position like unless I like do a lot of engineering to like set it yeah. up. I don't see myself being in a position and I'm not like compl- like I'm not complaining about it. Like it's not like god, I wish I didn't have a kid so I could play that fucking Destiny raid. Like that doesn't make any sense, but I feel like I there is going to be some stuff that's just like gated, you yeah. know, that I'm no, just I, not going to be able to to experience. I also just wish it was easier. I I this is so old dude complaining, but I miss menus. Like, with the the Call of Duty, or not Call of Duty, oh my gosh, the Far Cry stuff. I've played it on PC, but I want to play co-op with people who have it on PS4. But I know that just to get to that part of the game, I'm going to have to play through the first two or three hours. And It's an hour. Everything. It's not two or three hours, it's an hour. To yeah. get to where I can unlock the co-op? To co-op, yeah. yeah. It's an hour. S- still, just give me a button. Just give me a button that yeah, lets me I get agree. to the stuff that I want. The, after seeing the Halo uh the Halo, what is it? Master Chief Great. Collection? Super Collection, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, like, seeing a game presented in that way, where you can just choose what you want... And then uh, have it absolutely not work? Well, sure. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. But I, I just wish that there yeah, were, I do was, know what were you... better ways to present games for people who don't want to have to do the bullshit. So this is the other reason why I like Destiny. Um, and this is not a great reason, but it is... Uh, you know, I know you guys used to play WoW a bunch. Oh my sort of a, a regular group, God, right? Yes, yeah. Wow. And me, so there's me this, not, not so much, I think, Justin or Justin, Planet. certainly. So I think there's this element in Destiny that they were very smart about that games like uh, Far Cry don't do nearly as well is how damn easy it is to jump into a game with another person. Yeah. Like, it's literally a click of the button and you are in their game. Uh, they don't need Sometimes. to invite you. Sometimes, for the most part, I've I've ha- I would say ninety five percent success. I mean, there's certain there's certain Unless strikes. There's certain well, no, there are certain strikes that you just can't matchmake, and you have to have buddies to. to no, get but in. that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking like if you have a full list of PSN friends, and I have probably I would say eight to ten people that play pretty regularly. Yeah, I can yeah. just bounce around, and suddenly like I don't mind that the missions are a little bit dull because it's like an excuse to like shoot the shit and just like casually talk. Like I'll. It's, I'll Yes, you know. I'll give you that, and it's it is a very. Uh, you mentioned World of Warcraft. I think it's a very similar thing where that was a social event for me, like playing yeah. playing through a, a dungeon with my playing through an instance with my guild and like grinding through heroic instances for you know stuff with better item level. Like, sure, I dig on that loop, um, and I a lot of that is reflected in Destiny. I like a lot of Destiny systems. I really genuinely do, um, but the experience of playing through. A strike mission and then getting to a, a boss that you just have to fucking keep shooting over and over and over right. and over again while an unconscionable amount of mobs like spawn on you and then if you die it, you're gonna start over although uh, almost guaranteed if you die after like a half hour of shooting at the same life bar uh and and you fail like somebody's gonna quit from your team and then that's a fucking ball game like sure. that loop for me was un 
unbearable. And I uh, do think that got a lot better as the game has been released and they... I don't know. I've, I haven't played it in a couple months. I haven't it's played it. It's got a lot better. And I would also say in the cases, the, the raid content, for what it's worth, none of the raid bosses play out that way. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I'll give it a second released. chance. It's just like, I loved so much of Destiny. I loved, I know a lot of people gave like the the world shit because it, you know, had wizards and all kinds of silly shit. I dug that shit, man. I dug the presentation. I dug like the the spaceships I, I remember saving up my money because i wanted to buy a spaceship that looked like the spaceship that spike spiegel drove in in cowboy bebop i was like i fucking want that that's crazy to me that i would do that for a ship that has no like mechanical purpose in the game it just looks like a thing from cowboy bebop um but like so much stuff in the game was so memorable and so cool looking and then just 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 i don't know man like the the progress i think it is telling the most telling thing about destiny is how popular the idea of loot caves became where it was more palatable to fucking stand in one place and fire bullets into a busted piece of environment because you would rather do that mind-numbing activity which i admittedly did for a long time because that was better than the in than the like majority of in-game content that they had in the game at the time like that's 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 that is the yeah, case no, in was, point summary of, of, yeah. So I don't know. I want them to fix that stuff. I, I think doing stuff like fixing how the engrams work yep. is, is a step in the right direction. Although I, I, uh, I don't think I've played enough to really notice, uh, the, the big change there, but like, it's a better game than it as, was. But okay. But, and have, that stuff, that stuff, more destinies. That stuff six seems more. easy to fix. Like reduce the amount of spawns, reduce the amount of like life that bosses have, uh, like make the game feel more rewarding and less like a fucking slog. Like, yeah. don't make me run around looking for fucking like spin metal. Well, like yeah. following the same Again, farming routes that, that they fixed. Right by, by, by making it mission yeah, rewards and stuff like sure. that. But it's, it's, I, I agree. It's, it's still it's actually, got a lot of ways to go. It's also really Destiny's really interesting to me uh, because we don't have any examples that I can think of, sort of off the top of my head, of a game that here in like a year or so could very well be unrecognizable from the product that was launched. And I think you have a lot of instances of things like that you can point to on the PC while being a great example. World of Warcraft is the best example, yeah. Where, you know, that game has very little to do with the game that launched however many years ago. And, like, it's weird to think of a console game actually doing that because I think a lot of that has to do with annualization and, and this rush to, like, get it out, get the money, and move on. Post, yeah. um, post, post, uh, World of Warcraft. Just to speak to that, because they just launched Miss of Panda, or uh, sorry, sorry, Warlords of Draenor, which is a fucking incredible expansion pack. That's going to be the thing that actually maybe gets me back into the game in like the slow uh, months next year. Uh, the the garrison system, all that shit is the garrison healer system, so fucking tight. Um, <laughs> World of Warcraft is a game that has has pupated and evolved. Like I remember, even uh, I think the Cataclysm expansion was such a fucking like sea change. That is a completely different game in almost every way like visually mechanically than the game that launched that's what's kind of disappointing to me about um destiny is the when the original world of warcraft came out it was the best mmo ever made it beat the shit out of like dark age of camelot and everquest like all the other stuff that was on the market at that time couldn't hold a candle to this vanilla world of warcraft product i don't think that's true for destiny and not only that um, the 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 first expansion they launched for a while, the Burning Crusade, added so much shit, a, a crazy amount of shit. Added new uh, playable races, um, a, a ton of new environments, uh, and then the first expansion for Destiny 
was not nearly as ambitious. Yeah. Was not nearly worth the value. Came out like way too quickly. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I was well, hoping. I don't know if it came out way too quickly for them to maintain people's interest. No, I I, it came out way too, give me, wait a fucking year on that stuff and then release. They, and they uh, have so many more games to release. I mean, everybody saw those documents at least. Uh, they have like literally a full sequel every other year and they need to do whatever these like pseudo sequels are. Years in between. I mean, at least that was the, what seemed to be the plan initially. I know. That's I know. What, that's, that's what I'm, I'm that, curious about because it's not WoW. They want you to pay for the game every year. Right. That's the console game environment. Um, and you're not playing. You're not paying a monthly fee. Like there's there's a lot of different um, considerations to be made. Uh, but just just I, I I want that WoW sort of prophecy to be true because i think world of warcraft um like a lot of blizzard games like fucking hearthstone like uh especially like diablo 3 those games changed dramatically for free the loot 2.0 patch made diablo 3 a fucking different game and that shit was free all of hearthstone is free and the metagame is completely different for that game i was really hoping that that was going to be the case for destiny but while there have been some there have been some minor improvements i just i i haven't seen that that level of of change that i yeah i agree it I definitely want, feels like they're they're experimenting and getting to a place where they're happy with it i will we, i was i was too harsh before i will come back and play destiny because the hope that i had for destiny was at least partially realized and i loved the stuff that was that was realized so so maybe they can fix that stuff because uh, unlike a lot of games this year that came out that i was like so disappointed in like ac unity and the crew um i think that this one can be fixed can. i look forward to the sequel yeah like assassin's creed 2 <laughs> that, yeah. if, I, if i get an assassin's creed 2 of destiny that would be great now on to wolfenstein a game that i am shot like if you had told me in january that wolfenstein was going to be not only on like our list but pretty high up on my own personal list i would have called you a liar uh but it is bizarre to me that wolfenstein is one of if not the like smartest and weirdly most like sort of emotionally satisfying first person shooters that come out in the entire year i feel like it it, it is such a weird like paradox almost that the this year the thinking man shooter is Wolfenstein. <laughs> right. like yeah. what what are you talking about bj blaskowitz of course um, I really I, like kind of. I, I mean, I I feel like I rail on video game storytelling. Maybe a last year's bestie thing, but this year there has been such a noticeable improvement in terms of the way games writing is being accomplished. And and a lot of credit goes to I think the voice direction on these games too. It yeah. actually feels like they're getting great actors, great voice talent who is being directed properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like this Peter game, Dinklage and Destiny. Sh- well, uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're unlike that. They're actually hiring voice actors. Uh, what was amazing about Wolfenstein was that I, I was expecting it to be the most offensive game yeah. of the year. Yeah, uh, and it, it really, it really isn't. <laughs> like, no, it's not. It, 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 it's shocking how well it handles romance uh, in sex in like a sex positive way. Uh, how it deals with the idea of revenge, how it deals with World War II and the idea of the alternate history, and also still is 
a like shockingly violent right. first person it's, shooter. It's insane, like how fully developed and well realized the world is. How seriously they have taken a lot of stuff, and then how like crazy, campy, violent, exploitative like sh- how much of that shit they got in there that they it, it doesn't feel shoehorned it doesn't feel out of place it's a, it's a this bizarre hybrid between like I, I i don't know like really 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 thorough sophisticated world building and then also like this fucking like chainsaw torture scene right outside of it, reservoir it dogs to- oh go ahead I, I just want to say it's bizarre like the most the biggest for me like the biggest accomplishment of wolfenstein is like there are so many games, I mean, an incalculable number of games where the overarching structure is you're a one man army against the the uh, an overwhelming force and the odds are stacked against you. And, you know, the, the it's a million to one shot and whatever, you know, it, it is shot. The, the really like big accomplishment for me in Wolfenstein is that this is the first game I've played in ages where like I actually bought it. Like, I actually was, you know, in one of the scenes where you're, like, basically waking up in a nursing home, and the world is gone. Like, everything you knew is gone. And I have not felt that level of, like, I really bought into, well, this is hopeless. Like, I I really don't know what, what we do at this point. Like, where do we go from here? How do we even start to, like, rebuild back from that? And the fact that, like, I could get emotionally invested in a one man army, like, uh, story and actually like buy into it emotionally is is, is a shocking achievement for me. I and never would thirty minutes in. That's not there, even like six yeah, hours in. Yeah, yeah there, for sure. There are two things I really want to hit, and one has to do with that story part, and it's how they literally ground all of that believability and your comeback. Not on oh well, if you get the bazooka, you know they're all screwed. They ground it in concrete. Like it's sort of yeah. like oh, there is one thing we could exploit and it is a very like mundane civic thing that is is what's going to turn this story around which is so much more believable than you just going and killing everybody but the other thing that i really liked about the game is they figured out how to make the game a stealth game or a deranged old school shooter depending on how you want to play it and it's such an obvious mechanic of there are these doors that will release unlimited enemies if you choose to go in loud uh, or if you go in stealth, you can uh, more or less kind of shut these imaginary doors that are going to be spawning uh, countless bad guys. So if you want to play that stealth game, you can get through the stage. And I loved the and, stealth in this and game. And I, I usually hate that shit, right? Like, I've, ta- I've talked about that uh, a lot, uh, particularly, I think, maybe even last last year or whenever Far Cry 3 came out, how uh, I really liked the stealth systems in those games, but it was so punishing when I fucked up. Um and and lost my element of surprise, and I felt like I had failed, and I wasn't interested in the sort of improvisation um, that that the game sort of forced you to do after that. But for some reason, and I don't understand how it does this, every time that you get to that dubstep drop in Wolfenstein, where it's like, uh-oh, time to go loud, I was always like, all right, fuck yeah, let's do it. Stealth was fun, but now we're doing a different thing now. Now it's time for double-fisted submachine guns. Shotguns with balancing bullets. <laughs> Maybe it's just because, like, doing dual-fisted submachine guns slide under a robot to shoot it in the back, like, is incalculably tighter than, like, the, the combat in Far Cry 3 is. Um, so so maybe, like, that stuff actually felt 
more rewarding in a way. And also like the game's progression system of like whatever you are doing, you are moving towards completing accomplishments that give you like material upgrades to your character. Um, yeah. But that, that system has never worked for me in a game before. And it totally works for me here. They also managed to make me hate Nazis more than any other game I've ever played. And that's saying a lot because I've played a shitload of games with Nazis in them. And this is a, a alternate future game. Like you would think, oh, of course, a game and set during World War II, you'd hate Nazis. They, it, they just like it, it makes because it they're showing again, right? right? Like it makes that it, like, scene in the uh, there's a train. scene in the train that is like so oh, fuck yeah, That's amazingly scene. good and so thoughtful and clearly like the entire game was it felt like it was built off of that scene of like a really personal in your face get to know how evil and fucking sick these people are. And that made me, like, legit want to crush them into oblivion. And I, you know, generally it's just like, oh, here's a bunch of generic guys with machine guns. Like, I want to fucking destroy these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Is this game going to go up against Far Cry? Because there is, like, (laughs) such a clear uh, talent for ripping off Tarantino in this game. Yeah, yeah. And there is in Far Cry, which also tries to do the same thing. And while there's great writing in Far Cry, it's... Well, don't... don't I don't want to sell it short. I feel like I actually wrote a pretty unfair like preview of, of this game. Like the first time I played it at QuakeCon where I was like, oh man, it's great. It takes all this stuff from Tarantino and then also there's some stuff that feels kind of like Robert Rodriguez. Oh, that's, not, that's not selling it short. I mean, that train scene is a Tarantino scene. Like, I mean, that I'm not even talking about the Inglorious Bastards stuff. I'm saying literally that scene I just don't. I don't want. That's the funny thing about how games are maybe getting better. Like I feel like games have tried to ape Tarantino for years, but what they don't get is like they don't get the they don't get the scene in the diner where they're talking about tipping before there's the gun. Okay, you know the 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 huge gun. The point I'm trying to make is as a whole in context, it's a very it's a totally original thing. Like there, there are definitely glimmers of of that stuff but there are so many fucking glimmers from different places that i i I feel like it all comes together to me and that's the reason i love the game as much as i do is because and not just not just narratively not just uh aesthetically not just mechanically all of it in in context is this fully original like brilliant game that i think beats griffin have you talked your way back to being pro wolfenstein versus destiny Here's the thing. I think maybe next year, Destiny, because that, that is that is the the nature of the game that they have made. Maybe next year, Destiny could could hold a candle Beat to Tower it. Fall and uh, Kentucky Road Zero. <laughs> no, we're not bringing those back again. Um, I think maybe next year, Destiny, because because I I was more inspired by the stuff that worked in Destiny, and I I spent more time playing Destiny. I was I was more in love with the stuff in Destiny that worked, but the stuff that didn't work was there was well, there was a lot of it, and it was so punishingly um off-putting. Yeah. that I can't I so, can't go for it now. So no, for me it's for me it's Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein wins and next year there will be another episode of the Besties. Right. Oh god. There. <laughs> it's it's decided. Um Oh god, don't even joke. <laughs> Y'all you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds 
and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare versus Titanfall. Let's this not is spend the first let's one not, that I really don't I don't know. Let's not spend a lot of time on this one because while I think it's going to be an interesting discussion, I don't think either of these games are going to be goatee contenders, goatee contenders. Here, here's what I'm going to say about Titanfall. I think Titanfall does its loop extremely well. It's yep. like this that concept of like you're on the on foot, you call on a Titan, you're trying to like outmaneuver Titans by jumping on the back of them. That loop is really, really amazing. Unfortunately, that's pretty much all it really has going for it. There's not a lot additional to just, like, keep you coming back for more. Like, I put in, I'd say probably about eight hours into Titanfall, maybe ten, and I just didn't have a huge desire to come back to so, it. So, I agree with you. Um, I, I I agree with you. I miss having a campaign in Titanfall. Yeah. I, I do st- I mean, it had that fucking whatever. Um and the, the campaign in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare was, was, was very good. Um, for me, uh, 
I kind of want to go with Titanfall just because like that loop was so original, so fucking rad. Um, I, I still like for me, it might be my favorite competitive shooter experience of the year because while the stuff in Advanced Warfare was you know pretty neat, I like the Pick Thirteen system, I like a lot of that stuff. I still had the same. I still ran into the same goddamn brick wall that I've run into over the past like three Call of Duty games, which is just like it's not fun for me anymore. It's not because f- you get outskilled. I get outskilled like really quickly yeah. really Even really quickly. i got out skill with this game because of the verticality i just like couldn't keep up with and the 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 the, kids. the, the I, I don't know what it is i don't know if i'm just like i, I hope it's not that i'm just terrible at the game because i swear to god there was once a time where i was pretty fucking good at call of duty Getting and like the modern man. warfare 2 is that it or am i just my yeah, bones getting creakier no you're an old man um but but titanfall was so you know it had all these really great balance structures that made it more possible for me to hang. And even when I couldn't hang, it wasn't as like horrifically punishing as Call of Duty's multiplayer was, where you just like run for 45 seconds and then get shot by somebody who you could never see. Yeah. Yeah, you're almost always going to do, even if you're bad, once they give you a robot that throws rockets at people, you're always going to have some kind of impact. Right. You, you, will, you will affect the game in some way. And that's the really frustrating thing for... Like in a in a Call of Duty multiplayer, uh, you, you know that feeling of like I'm just getting mowed down over and over and over and over again. Um, and, and even and, that that and that is so punishing that even if you finish a, a match with like a two to one kill death ratio, those deaths of just like getting popped by by someone you couldn't see. Uh, just I don't know. It's not. It's not. They they added so much really cool stuff this year. They really did, and I don't want to undersell that. I think it's one of the best like customization systems they've ever done. But it's just not the 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 rewards of Call of Duty multiplayer. Just like for me, it just doesn't seem worth the but, the frustrations of it. But, but the, the single player, player opposite. The, the Call of Duty single player this is year so is so good. Is better than it's ever been, in my opinion. It it is fully capitalizing on what it should be, which is a big, explosive, fun, like kind of silly, but like in a, in a way that is is celebratory more than it is sort of like rub it in your nose, like what a dumb thing you're doing. There's that moment at the end of God, I want to say it's Black Ops, where the last image of the game is literally you like putting on sunglasses while an eagle. Uh, it throws fireworks over an aircraft carrier. It's like oh, I don't feel good about this. Like yeah. I get it. It's dumb. Um, but this had some of the like the best like action. Like really, and not even like military bro shooter type action. But like some of the escapes yeah. on the cycles and stuff like that are absolutely that, that was cool. Thrilling. The escape where you had to grappling hook up the constructed the like building that's in the process of being built. Uh, escaping from from soldiers like that whole escape sequence is really tight. That I, I feel like this conversation is going to boil down to what is better, the like really original, really fucking rad like multiplayer loop of Titanfall, or the like surprisingly well made single player campaign of of Call of Duty. And and for me, it's it's Titanfall. I just want to say I preferred the multiplayer and. In Call of Duty. Oh, really? I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I. I'm shocked that you guys had the experience of being outclassed because, as Frushik knows, I'm not great at these games. Well, I, I get crushed regularly, but I would say one out of three games, I like come out in the top three or four. 
uh, I, I just I feel like it regularly pits me against people that I can compete with. Uh, I had the exact opposite experience with Titanfall. I always felt like I I didn't start playing it till I think like three or four weeks after it started, and it was just not a fun experience. I I was destroyed every time I tried to play it. Um, and and I liked Titanfall a lot, especially in the beta. Uh, but I, I could not find a, oh entry point into it. And the fact that it didn't have, like, a campaign or something else to kind of help me in, uh, I didn't do it any favors, really. I mean, it had that campaign sure. thing. Campaign, campaign adjacent. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. do a, a, a vote, because we can talk more about the victor one, yeah. in the next, in the next round, and we need to get moving. So, for, for me, it's Titanfall. Cod. Cod. <laughs> but it is yeah i mean I, man think about that kevin spacey cod it just it's caught the 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 fact that a first time team did like actually finally made good on a really fucking solid single player campaign yeah, it's is, not really no, like, to be team, fair they made the best part of modern warfare 3 right is yeah it's shoot. their first thing that's just that's solely their Entirely baby though, right right yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. i mean okay. i mean titanfall though you can eject out of the top of a robot and then land on top of another robot listen <laughs> for best ejection out of a robot i think we it's safe to say we're going to give it to titanfall this okay year. yeah uh um, i vote call of duty all right okay fine uh, final round. Last matchup of the first final round, round of the first year. Yeah, Sunset Overdrive versus Shovel Knight. <laughs> you just uh, had fucking a- given up at this point, huh, Frost? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they Shovel both have Knight's S's. I, I do like. Yeah, I'm, well, what do you want? I can't match them all in pretty with a pretty little bow. I would have uh, said Sunset Overdrive versus Bayonetta would have been my my pairing, but whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Shovel Knight. No, because then you would have then you would have made me pit Shovel Knight against Dark Souls two, and that's a that's a fucking tough man. <laughs> uh, sh- uh, Sunset Overdrive. What I really really like about it is how much fun it has with itself and video games in general, and how bright and f- silly it is, and it's just like a very lighthearted game, e- even more so than a game like Crackdown, which uh, you know is light and fun and silly. But the story doesn't really back that up. It's yeah. like weirdly dark and contradictory. Here they like go all the way with it, and the mobility is really good. And all the that customization stuff. is like on customization point. is amazing. Yeah, Sunset Here's Overdrive. I'm always going to have a personal connection to because Sunset Overdrive came out at an exact moment that I needed to feel good about video games. I needed a a a video game that I could like love and feel great about, and that like was very game positive it was not making fun of video games but it was having fun with them yeah um and and i needed sunset overdrive at the exact moment it was released and the fact that they managed to do a thing that like i've I've always talked about like i use matt hazard as my example you guys remember matt hazard yes dear god yes fucking not the not eat lead the the shitty side scroller but the shitty (laughs) third person (laughs) actually neil patrick harris um, no, it was uh oh, you know, Patrick Harris was in it also, but it was um, uh, fucking um 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 doesn't matter. Go, uh, Job from uh Arrested Development. Oh, Will Arnett. Um, yeah, Will Arnett was was Matt Hazard. But anyway, it was that it was that thing that Matt Hazard did where it was making fun of game mechanics that that are like trite and shitty, but still like 
having them. <laughs> like you're still yeah. doing yeah. the bad thing you're making fun of. And since that overdrive ma- managed to make fun of video game quirks, there's an amazing mission where you are. <laughs> it is so insane that this actually made it into the game. There's a mission where you are helping out the woman that lends uh, quest indication icons to people who have not returned them yet, where you have to go and fight, like, because they have the question marks that start the mission, but they haven't returned the icons, and they're very valuable and tough to replace. So you have to go get quest indication icons that people just have lying around. It's it's batshit. Yeah. Uh, Here's what I did not like about Sunset Overdrive. I don't think the combat is very good. I don't think it's like a matter of it not being very good. I think it's just, it's a certain type, a certain feel of combat. I know. I I mean, they could have, it's just, it's not as good as Ratchet and Clank. And that's the standard that I'm setting it to. And the guns aren't as interesting. It doesn't feel as satisfying. It's just. I never felt very satisfied. I'll grant you that. Like, it never felt very satisfying to me. It always felt very, very loose. A lot of times when I was very effective, I didn't feel like I was having a lot to do with that. Exactly. It was was very much like, I I don't know, I fired the right thing and it exploded this other thing. It's very chaotic in a way that that made it feel a little random. Wasn't that kind of their point with the design, though, where it's like every weapon essentially will do the trick. We just want you like mixing and matching and having it. No, I mean, they they have different strategic applications and each one has like different strengths against different types of of monsters. Um, I just didn't find them very like satisfying to use in the way that like the guns in Ratchet and Clank or the guns in uh, what's that other resistance. Resistance. I agree. Like a very interesting. Well, that's because resistance had like eight guns that were all fucking radical. That were all, right. like, super, super great. And that's just not yeah. the approach they were going for with this one. Um, I, I, Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, a lot of the weapons I unlocked, uh, I just didn't... You I just, just didn't like the handgun. Right, I had, like, the handgun for humans. I had another gun for mutants. I had, like, I, I don't know. I wasn't mixing and matching them in the way yeah. that I feel like they wanted me to do. Um, and I, but I don't that's, know. I mean, that's room to grow if they ever make another one, like... Everything else, I think they really nailed. Yeah, um, Shovel Knight though. Shovel Knight's Shovel really Knight, effing though. good. I think you, say, Griffin, it might have been you or maybe Justin. When you talk about Shovel Knight, you say that it feels like an NES game, but with all of the rough edges that your memory forgot. Like not even rough edges. I, I think the point I made in in my review was that a lot of people have made retro inspired games, but so many of them were. Uh, just so referential of of retro games that yeah. it didn't feel like a retro game. Like that was the that was the paradox of a game like uh, uh, I mean Retro City Rampage is maybe a little bit on the nose, which I like that game, uh, but it didn't. I, I don't know. It didn't capture the feel of those games because it was just so full of of references to that era. In not having that stuff, Shovel Knight freed itself up to like come up with an original world that was so quirky and so bizarre. That it actually felt like a like a an NES game, and like it actually felt like an NES game that could have come out on the NES and would have been like one of the best NES games right. ever. Uh, but it, still utilizing, I think, some mechanics that no one had ever thought to include in the past. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if it had come out and had this like Dark Souls esque uh, structure of uh, death and risk yeah. and reward, 
Like that shit would have been obviously so far ahead of its, its time. It's like a time traveler went back in time and only had NES technology, but had the know-how of modern day game design. Right. Essentially. Um, man, that game is just so good. All of the it characters really are so memorable. The mechanics are so fucking flawless. Like the, the ducktales esque shovel bounce me- mechanic that you can use as a weapon in certain points that you have to use as a traversal mechanic in certain points is so like, challenging but not in the way that nes games were challenging where they just felt challenging so you would spend more time playing them uh it's just like man what a what a what a fucking fantastic game that was and the music and the presentation and i wish the graphics were good stop it stop it (laughs) i wish they didn't put they'd put good graphics in instead of bad ones that look like an old game um Like I wish they put like good graphics. Oh, like duck, like the Ducktales, like the Ducktales remastered. Yeah, thing. that's a great example, Griffin, of where like it was shitty. Like it looks shitty and bad from where how old games used to look bad because yeah. they couldn't do anything. But we have like good computers now and stuff. <laughs> I just wish that they would put good graphics in, like, but maybe like some better graphics just like put better graphics in it rather than make it look like old and shitty and bad like it should use the cpus and the gpus more yeah that's, that's a, the, the problem is that the they, GPUs. they weren't using the gpu they were just using the C- um yeah. you're I've the got games on my phone that have better graphics you are the this. worst person um <laughs> have, you guys play, have you guys played have you guys played crossy road it's sort of like that um <laughs> for me it's shovel knight that that game i just i just adored yeah, yeah. shovel knight Shovel Knight. I'm I'm outvoted here, but I love Shovel Knight too, so I feel I feel pretty good about it. Uh, okay, that's our that's, that's our round eight. one in the bag. Uh, awesome. Eight. I think things only get harder from here. Crazy yeah. enough. Do you want to bounce through the eight and then uh, we'll yeah. we'll come back and rebracket them and have some have some fun? So we got Dragon Age Inquisition, Smash Brothers Wii U, Hearthstone, Far Cry Four, Dark Souls Two. Wolfenstein, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, and Shovel Knight. Man, that's a fucking good list. I, I, that's a good list. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, like thought this was kind of a bad year for games. But I think that might just be because the games that we wanted to be good, like there were a lot of games we wanted to be good that were very, very bad. But that doesn't keep the games that are good from being good. You know what I mean? Amen. Great points all around. Salient, great points. Um... Should we so pretend I, like we're going to continue recording, but it's actually going to be the end of the show? Yeah. Hey, guys, let's go make, let's talk some more about the rest of the thing. Let's take a break from ranking games and maybe talk about some other stuff. Halftime. Here comes Beyonce. She's taking the football field and she's singing and singing and singing and she's done. Now we can talk. Oh. Now that Beyonce's finally done singing. This is the panel part of the halftime show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, can I tell you what happened to me this morning? Is it related to Survivor or Bachelorette? No, because you never let me talk about those things. Yeah, well, that's for... This week, Survivor popped off. Uh, don't, that don't, last don't, episode don't, don't, don't Survivor was so I good. We're not going to do it. I, I, I've enjoyed this season, but I, I can see that it is not Christopher. Yeah, because they're all dummies. They are so bad at the game. Christopher Thomas Plant, tell me what happened this morning. Okay, so I, I, I got in the elevator this morning, right? And there's one other dude in the elevator... And I do not recognize him. And he hit a floor (laughs) that I also work on. And I'm, like, a little confused, and I don't hit a floor. And at this point, he realizes, like, oh, this guy's going to the same place I'm going. And he looks at me like, 
oh, hey, we're just two cool dudes going to the same floor, like, smiles and, like, kind of, like, half winks. And I'm like, how do you, how does one half wink? Well, you know, it's like you want to wink. You squint with one eye. Yeah, but you don't go all the way. Like, you kind of catch yourself. So it's a grody. That's the grossest way to wink. It was wicked gross. And he had, like, this gnarly, like, pseudo beard, you know, where it doesn't connect to your ears. Where it's like, it's the devil thing, and then, like, the mustache, but nothing else. You're really painting a word picture. You are. Got it? So he he's doing all this stuff and i'm like i don't know this guy and i know everybody who works on my floor so then i i come in and i like go and throw my stuff down and i go into the kitchen and he is like stocking up he has a ceramic bowl full of shit like full of snacks full of breakfast foods he has a little carton of half and half the dude has it all was it john boyce no i wish (laughs) that's the the writer of breaking madden and i I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, whatever. He's he must be new and hungry, and he's gonna go back to his desk. <laughs> Very hungry. He's it's hungry. Job ever. Wait, you thought he was he, stockpiling stuff from he, the kitchen to take back to his desk to have a satellite kitchen well, location? I was immediately proven incorrect because he beelines back for no. the elevator. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm wondering. This dude knew knew our floor. He knew where the treats were. How long has this dude been coming in and grabbing our grub? That's rough. Um, do you guys want to talk about, like, the year in general? Because I know, like, we came up with some yeah, other... Yeah, it was a real shitter. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we've we've managed to call out the right. actually good uh, games, but there were, oh my god, so many really we, either shitty, shitty games or disappointing and shitty We're games. recording this on... Uh, like two days after we recorded the first half of the podcast, just to clue you guys in, because the thought of us being together for four hours is just yeah, not horrifying. Nightmare. We just can't do it. Um, so we did like literally just talk about how it was a pretty good year, actually. I'm, there were some really good games that came out this year, despite how like um, awful and just awful across the board the year was. Um, and I love that we've put together a few lists here. Uh, one of them is just local multiplayer games, which I just wrote a thing about, so we don't have to talk about that. That's not awful. That's great. It's like the best thing ever. Um, but boy, howdy, there's some rough games on here, including in our disappointing games column, we have Destiny, <laughs> which was very recently up for up for debate. Game of the year. Um, well, we yeah. did talk at length about why it was disappointing. Which I think well, is actually so. a- appropriate for Destiny, yes. right? It's, it is uh, a really neat, ambitious game. But um, that just dropped the ball, I guess. Can we just talk about the bomb assault that was the Metal Gear Solid 5, 6 demo for $20? Like, that is the epitome of... I don't know if it was disappointing as much as it was just like a giant F you to anyone uh, it wasn't who cares about you guys how much I, I... My level of excitement versus that actual product was like it, there were there were oceans in between i oh. despise that i thing. didn't see was, see i didn't i guess i wasn't like so excited about it because like i i kind of felt like in my gut it wasn't gonna be a a, a super great uh deal i guess i hate talking about games in that context forget the deal i didn't even think it was that good of a game it's just not fun it's like, not I fun i don't care about the money and like, it basically just fun. alludes to how unfun the fall oh game see is. i, I just... thought the mechanics were cool <clears throat> Oh, F no, 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 I did. I I thought, like, I really liked a lot of that stuff. I like the... I just, 
the combination of Metal Gear with like giant arenas where people are all over is like and like very open. That is not fun to me. See, whatsoever. I I like that, and I liked the slow mo um, reaction shot when you get spotted. Uh, I liked. Uh, I really did like a lot of this stuff. It was just. Did like, you like Kazuya and the other characters that we've all come to love from offshoot PSP games? Uh, yeah, those are my favorites. Um, <laughs> I really liked it. It was just like I I. I forgot that fucking thing came out that year. It was just nothing yeah, to me. It was it was, it was so it was way too insubstantial. Um, and guys, yeah, there there is a, a game that is far more nothing than anything on this list, and it's really sad because it's it's interesting. So much trouble. It's interesting but, to see which one you're going to say because there are a lot of games that could fall into that oh, category. For me. I think it is a hundred percent thief. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Thief, thief was like. Oh, Do you remember my, I, when you guys tried to play that live for video for Polygon? And it broke. Live and, <laughs> and it, broke it broke multiple yeah. times. We couldn't uh, get past the lockpick sequence. That was that was a real Do you treat. remember when, I mean, we, when Drive Club came out and nobody oh. anywhere on the planet could play? So that's my biggest disappointment. Yeah. That, like, no joke. Because, I mean, I have barely any interest in playing it and, and barely ever did. So it's weird to say it was disappointing when I didn't think the game looked like my thing to begin with. But... Motorstorm was like one of my favorite franchises of the previous generation. Yeah. And I think that studio has such incredible talent. And then to see it be put on the most generic looking driving game. But you knew that's what it was going to be. Imaginable. Yeah. I know, I know, but I still, it's more like the disappointment is applying to Motorstorm, like yeah. the studio itself, than it is to this game. And it hurts me to see this game that was meant to be like, a commercial cash-in, essentially, for it to flop on top of that is like a double whammy waste. It's basically like if the team that made Beetle Adventure Racing went on to make Drive Club. You are and just, then, like, yeah. crazy. I mean, that's pretty why, much it. Why, why have we resuscitated that game? Why have we brought it... Um, it got shortcuts for It's days. so effing good for me, there's a dinosaur in for it. For me, I think it's either... It's probably a toss-up between the crew, which I was really looking forward to, really love the beta, really loved like the open world of it um and then just the rest of the game was very bad um or the sims 4 which i was like yeah, really excited about and then and then just like came out with not a lot of shit to do how do you goof up sims isn't like they've been making the same yeah. game for 10 well, years well it's because like well they have to live in sim city is right the problem. no yeah. that was already so broken no <laughs> it wasn't broken i don't think that was not my problem with it. it it was actually a fairly well executed game it was very well polished and it had the problem was they focused way too much on systems and not on content that or they you know wanted to sell the content which like i don't know i I was less um, skeptical about that because they actually have released a lot of that stuff for free um, since the game came out. I haven't played it since they put fucking pools back into the game, but uh, <laughs> for free. But um, yeah, I was really looking forward to that one. And then I played it like once through like one family life. And then I was like, well, I never want to play this again, which is weird. And they all died. You just ended the life of the entire uh, family. Oh, tree. yeah. I, I wiped him out. There was a blight. Um, Wouldn't it be great if the game connected to the new SimCity so every night it was a different family in your no. house? <laughs> it was just new families no, came in. Well, that was the closest oh, house. Are you going to play for like 70 hours and then Godzilla stomps on your on your homestead? <laughs> Justin, do you have a most disappointing game? Um, God, you know, it, for me, and I know this is like kind of obvious because of course, but 
for me, um, I I have played through every Assassin's Creed game every year, like every one. I always play it, and the annualization thing does not bother me. And I'm not going to be able to make it through Unity. I can yeah. not do it. It makes me because so of technical miserable. stuff or because of the no. Yeah. It's just I, I, there is not a single sin of gaming in 2014 that is not perfectly represented by that thing yeah. that it has systems upon systems upon systems that add nothing it has uh, a, an app purchasing an a, it, it has an app that is like actually actually makes the game worse like it, it, it's not like <laughs> yeah. it's not it it literally does i mean it makes the game worse for being involved with the game it's a miserable that whole thing's a miserable experience that doesn't even work half the time the thing's a technical nightmare. I had 15 minutes where my frame rate was like a slideshow, and I eventually just had to reboot the whole console. And that's like recent. That's like after it's quote-unquote fixed. The The puzzles are miserable. You look at the map, like, it, do yourself a favor next time you're in Unity. Once you've got like a lot of areas open up, like, zoom out and just look at that nonsense. Look at that <laughs> vomit of video game. It like reeks of desperation of not knowing what's actually fun to do. Like, do you like this? We have no idea. Here's a thousand icons. That man, that thing has so lost its way and I really I mean, I have no reason specifically to think that uh, that victory will be better. Oh, I, London, I, baby. I I'm hopeful Going to I'm hopeful that it is. T- I've wanted taking that, a tube. I've wanted that setting for so long. I really hope it's it's fixed, but um Man, I just woof. have. Have you yeah. have you heard the Beatles? Okay, is it all gonna right, be all right, all right. in Liverpool in the sixties? Yes, it's all in Liverpool. Well, that's cool. th- thanks a lot. Twenty fourteen. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elder Scrolls Online. Can that be my other one? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I played Elder Scrolls Online before to do my like review i it was like i helped phil do our mmo our, our review oh, yes. like him doing the mmo elements and me doing like the elder scrollsy things uh and i know exactly how far i got in elder scrolls because uh there was a boss in my like main story quest line that wouldn't not even a boss just like a character i needed to kill that wouldn't spawn so i left my character like logged in where he was supposed to appear and every day I would log in and just see if he was there and ask around and say, hey, did he pop yet? Nope, he's still broken. Okay, catch you guys tomorrow. Uh, that's how far I got in Elder Scrolls. That thing was miserable, too. And I, this, it's my favorite franchise. And I can't Aww. believe I disliked it as much as I did. I Maybe it's better now. I Our MMOs, in, in like eight this will be interesting. Our MMOs just done... Like, if they don't start with World of Warcraft, colon, something. No, I mean, no, there was, what was that? There was Wildstar, uh, really which popular, I, I liked Wildstar. Wildstar I really, people like I really did. I liked it a lot. I played it for for two weeks, and then I just can't, like, it's, it's a fine game. It's just, like, I don't, I just don't have any, my problem with MMOs is, has always been since World of Warcraft came out, is that I've invested two weeks of playtime into this thing and that's probably very very conservative um that just like i don't want to i don't want to divide my interests anymore and like i yeah. don't think that mmos can come out obviously like uh i i could see myself getting into like an mmo slash other genre thing like i still think when planet side 2 comes to ps4 i'm gonna get pretty deep into that um because i really liked it on pc 
uh, but but I I just don't see myself playing an MMO RPG uh, because like there's just so many of the systems World of Warcraft got dead to rights and if there's just another game with those same systems again I just no thanks I. Well- I'm just not yeah, super I mean, interested. That's what in Des- Destiny is an MMO, despite what they might want you to believe. It is pretty much it's, a very it's a bare fantasy bones MMO. star. It's a fantasy star online take on MMOs. Yeah. It's very compartmentalized. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, uh, I think that's the only chance you have, though. If you're just following the WoW model and trying to do it better, you're not going yeah. to. You can't. Well, yeah, I don't. I think every game is making its way towards that pseudo MMO territory. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's the hook. Everybody wants you to be playing their game indefinitely so you don't and, trade it in and so you don't buy anything else and you can keep buying DLC. And a lot of games, like the crew, are fucking it right up. Just, like, just like really screwing the pooch on it. I just, I, I it, it used to be my favorite genre. Like, I used to play every single one that came out, and, and now it's just, like, the more the war- that World of Warcraft keeps releasing these expansions where it just shows that, like, yep, we're the fucking kings of this. We are still super, super good at this, and nobody's even... There is no close second. Um, the more I, the, that I think that, like... I can't think of off the top of my head uh, any MMOs, any straight MMOs that are in development right now. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, that mo- most people will abandon that format. I, I think that you're going to see... Uh, I don't know. I just feel like online gaming is going into more, like it's going into MOBAs and going into stuff that's more explicitly sort of gamey. Yeah. I think even Blizzard recognizes that when you see them bailing on whatever that other project Titan, was yeah. and going oh, yeah. for the tr- more like shootery sort of thing, and then having Hearthstone, and then going after MOBAs. Is that shit? Is that it, next like, year? Their new uh, shooter thing. I mean. My guess is yeah. It would I mean, be. it's Blizzard, I don't think so they would knows. show it if they didn't. It well, was playable. stop it! They showed World of Warcraft uh, seven oh, yeah, years before they released it, so it's um, Blizzard. I wouldn't take anything from it, nice. but I do agree. I, I'm, I, I, think, I, yeah. I'm more interested in the stuff that you guys had, like, like MMO elements and other things. Yeah. If they brought Fantasy Star Online two to America ever, I would yes. be all over that shit. Sega, what the fuck, you guys? What the fuck? It's like the one game y'all have that I would be like crazy about and also didn't fantasy star online one have that english to japanese translator in it in the Dreamcast? yeah i think so okay. i mean it, i mean it's no, so that is not like, that is, well, let's, that is, let's remember it was also that is not the reason yeah oh, god i love that game i remember me and justin and our dad and travis used to all play at local co-op on the uh, gamecube i remember justin had a hunter named oprah Ugh. Did you have a cool mag? Um, I got some mags God, from my, I love my Japanese my friends. Oh, um, God, kill me. All right, let's hop back in. <laughs> all right, semifinal round time. Time for the... Okay. Guys, guys, I've got a semi for these games. That sucked. Ew. Um, Ew. Do we want to start with number one on the list, or should we go yeah, backwards? Okay, so let's... Well, let's take a look and see which ones... Yeah, I think we work our way from the bottom. Okay. From bottom the bottom of bottoms. Number four. Wait, yeah. no. How do we? <laughs> wow. Good job. Semifinal cool. seed A. Uh, wait, are these the semifinals or the finals? <laughs> this, is, this is a quarterfinal. Quarterfinals? Yeah. Guys, quarterfinals. guys, guys. I've got a quarter. <laughs> uh, so this is Wolfenstein versus Far Cry 4. Oh, fuck. Um, okay, so I thought that, like, we got to move through these rounds, obviously, much, much faster than we did last time because we have three rounds to go through now. But, um, but yeah, these but matchups it's gonna are... Go- are brutal though yeah some of them are gonna be pretty bad so um 
this is sort of a tricky situation. I think Wolfenstein uh, pushes a lot more boundaries in terms of storytelling. Oh, the uh, story is, yeah, it's, like it's way, way better. Yeah, way better. Way but I had way more fun playing Far Cry 4. Like, a But lot I would more. also agree with that. Although Far Cry 4 does not have you cutting holes in metal boxes. That is so true. That there is very little um, uh, <laughs> <Laser>. box cutting. <laughs> you, Russ just reminded me of that uh, the E3 demo way back in the day with Wolfenstein. And I know this isn't technically what the game actually is. But it really is amazing how good that game ended up being versus how awful it looked every time I saw it before the game came out. You know, it was sort of like, what was that other Activision game with the time travel? Oh, yeah, Wolfenstein. No, 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 no. What? Oh, Singularity? Singularity? Singularity, exactly. Singularity, same thing. No one had any expectations. They basically buried it alive. Yeah. And it comes out, and it's like, whoa, this is actually good. Um, Far Cry 4, though, Justin and I were playing it yesterday. He was flying around in a personal helicopter, which I grappled up onto, just flying around like that. And I zipped up onto the back of it, and then I shot a grenade launcher into a river and blew a fish out of the water. And it was, no. and it was the happiest I've been in a super long time. Guys, can I tell you why Far Cry 4 has to win yeah. this? <laughs> because... Far Cry 4, I don't think, will win the overall best game. It probably But if Wolfenstein goes through, somehow it will win <laughs> it the does, best game. It does I, sort of I feel know like that this game. scenario. Yeah, it's that game where it's, it's like, that, yeah, we liked it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, for me, it's... I mean, it's... My reason for wanting to put Far Cry 4 through is less less contrived than that like i've just had a lot of fun playing co-op um for me co-op is the reason far cry 4 is this super special thing although we were talking about before we started recording that justin and i are maybe tapering off a little bit because we both have unlocked a weapon called the buzzsaw which is basically like a fucking hate laser that can cut the world in half and has made the uh has made taking down the strongholds just like anything a little bit we took down pagan men's fortress the like the big guys yeah. main base and like uh after you finish the three final minutes. boss you, yeah yeah like it was <laughs> um but i mean it's still like it's it's i've still gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it and i've also been like really enjoying meticulously going through and completing everything like i never obsess about um i'm not a completionist at all yeah um, weirdly the side missions are all like fun. they're all super like, fun i just started doing the kirat uh fashion week quest where you have oh, to yeah, yeah, hunt yeah. down certain uh boss there's like uh, a super honey badger there's a super honey badger that you have to take down which by the way i love that they're harping on that joke now um <laughs> But yeah, there's a there's a final boss honey badger you have to take down, and when you try to accept the mission, it makes you keep accepting the mission. Like, are you sure? Have you <laughs> thought about this? Okay, I don't think you're coming back from this one. Um, yeah, like all that stuff is really fun. Taking down all the strongholds is fun. Um, I've sort of like decided that I think I'm going to go for the platinum, um, which I yeah, I never I never do, which sort of speaks to me neither. I never go. for Oh, the shut up. Um, I got them all, baby. All uh, of them. You have every platinum? <laughs> every platinum. You're amazing. Sing Star 2? I rock yeah, that sure. shit. <laughs> I always go for the garbage ones, like... Um, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, no, but like the Resistance PS Vita game. Oh. Um, Shame. Anyway, for me, it's for me, it's Far Cry 4. I vote Far Cry 4. Yeah, me yeah. too. Who'd have thunk it, right? Like... 
Wow. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, from a Ubisoft, considering all the mess that well, Ubisoft went through this year, well, yes, I would not. Less that, and think more that. that just like I, I didn't, I wasn't that inspired by what I played of Far Cry Four at E3, and I thought that all the trailers, you know, look cool, very stylish, but I just thought it's more Far Cry Three, and then I yeah. played it and was like, oh fuck, that's right, Far Cry Three ruled. That was right. except for the crappy story. Yeah, yeah, that game was super and, rad. And they sort of fixed the writing. I, I actually like the writing in this. And game. the co-op, though, if you haven't played the co-op, Russell, I haven't. Let's play it today. Yeah, give me, give me a time. I got nothing better to yeah, do. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, <gasps> round three. Round Hearthstone. two. No, it's Ra- quarter. A, round no, it's quarterfinals. Uh, rank the B next level. The next two. matchup. Two B. Two B. Hearthstone versus. Shovel Knight. Oh my god. Guys, now it gets I, I'm sorry. This is like, this one's easy. I mean, I honestly think it's easy too, but for me, it's not sh- easy at all. Shovel yeah, Knight shut is up. No, an it is Justin. Game. Uh, Griffin, I'm sorry. Hearthstone is a game that we will be playing. Yeah. You know full well that Shovel Knight is going to get booted. I don't want to. I just. But, but let's talk about let's talk about how people good can't Shovel see this right now. Again. But we have a Google Doc that has these things on it, and Griffin is literally stroking the words <laughs> Shovel Knight with his cursor. It's like lightly uh, being highlighted. Uh, okay, in memory, of. I, I did, am doing that. Shovel Knight was just like this. It was the first game that came out this year that I like loved. It was the um, I I don't even remember when it came out, but um, I sort of felt like early 2014 that it was going to be a bad year for video games like there there were huge stretches for this year where and i hope this doesn't like reflect poorly on me as like a video game professional or whatever but there were huge stretches of the year where i didn't have a game i was looking forward to and that's like a horrifying thing yeah there were like three months at least where it was just like a desert of crap and it wasn't that there weren't games coming out it was that when i looked through the known future of the industry i just didn't have anything i was really looking i was really psyched to drop and like i can't describe to people who aren't aren't in the industry like what a scary feeling that is um like you feel either it's either one of two things like Either the industry is just not producing great stuff, and I think that may have been part of it, or just that you're out of touch or, like, you're losing. I know people who fall out of love with this industry, who work in this industry, and then it's like, well, I have to leave now. And and I don't know. It's really scary when that happens. Especially when you're a member of something called specifically the enthusiast right. press. Um, if you can't work up enthusiasm anymore, it's a, it's a pretty But then scenario. I remember Shovel Knight came out, and in, in this, like, this this is a total cornball thing, but that people say about uh, stuff. But I, I really, I mean it more about Shovel Knight than probably any other game that came out this year. It's a game that reminds me why I love video games, and I think it's maybe because it's so reminiscent of the games that came out like when I was born. Um, it it reminded me of the games that made me love video games in the first place. So like that game will always have a very, very special place in my heart for very sentimental reasons, but fine hearthstone. I played it last <laughs> night for like three hours. So sure. <laughs> I already deleted shovel yeah, night. In case you I saw that. It's because shovel night is, I was obsessively it, stroking. I, I hope a lot of people also try shovel night too. And they don't have the, uh, what's it called the, the Justin McElroy problem where they look at a game and they decide that it's not for them because it looks like it was made in food. Justin, and, uh, Justin's and then always, like, there's a broken wing on a little, a seagull that crashed into the ground. And Justin's like, this is the prettiest seagull. This yeah. <laughs> 3d yeah, mess. It's, it's very much like Charlie Brown Christmas tree syndrome. Um, <laughs> 
to make a holiday. Have have you guys since we last recorded played any more of the uh, played any more of the new Hearthstone expansions? No, I really so want to have a conversation about how fucking cool these new cards are. I didn't realize that the uh, my iPad hadn't been touched in about two weeks, so it was completely dead. But I did charge it up just to get those three uh, free yeah, packs. Well, good. So you're we'll probably, see if I get them. You're probably already. I don't but know I don't, if they're still on offer though. Do you think it's weird, right? Because it's like. Like, if I hop into this game, and I literally haven't played for, like, two months, I, I realize that everyone's a little bit in the same category, but, like, could I just win with, like, my basic cards just because no one would be ready for that? Um, I, I mean, that's the interesting thing about no, because I think that people will be ready for that. That's that's the thing about the the new Hearthstone cards. Yeah. I feel like people were still even getting used to the cards that were introduced in the next Ramus that everybody had Yeah, because there's no luck of the draw there. Right, right, there's right. no chance. You just get them when you complete the challenges. Um, so I feel like people were still getting used to... There are a lot of cards that do some interesting things with Death Rattles, which is a yeah. just a basic card mechanic, and people were still getting used to how to integrate those into their decks and how to counter those. Um, and then all of this new shit came in uh, Gnomes versus Goblins adds whole new mechanics. Like um, there are a lot of cards that have a fifty percent chance to attack the wrong enemy. Which you see that in a card, and you think, "Oh, that sucks," because you know the game is all about carefully considering yeah. your attacks and your trades. And if your cards can uh, attack the wrong enemy, why would you use it? That was my reaction to it until I realized that like that means you can get past an enemy that has taunt, and you yeah. can attack an enemy that isn't taunting, or you can attack an enemy that has stealth um, that you couldn't normally target. There are so many strategic applications, so you'll be a little bit lost, but like the broad strokes concepts of how you win, which is either, you know, rushing the enemy or maintaining control of the board or maintaining card advantage, like those broad concepts won't ever change. They will just have different ways to get to them with the new stuff. Every time I look at Hearthstone, I just think I want Blizzard to make more of these types of games, which is to say... Granted, it's not, quote-unquote, a small game, but it's a much smaller game than the games they've been making. And look at how well their game design know-how converts into, like, a smaller atmosphere. Like, Agreed, y'all. Let's save it. We're going to be talking about Hearthstone some more. Shut up. Agreed. Next round. Talk what I want. Smash Brothers. This is quarterfinals 3A. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shut up. Delta, Uh, Delta timeline. Bye week. Okay, Smash Brothers Wii U versus Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. A natural matchup. <laughs> Kevin's this is, one. for what it's worth, the only one that does not I don't know about well you guys. Quarterfinals. I don't know about you guys, but Kevin Spacey is my favorite fighter in Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. He plays Jigglypuff, right? He does the voice Jigglypuff. He does it. I do want to... <laughs> yeah, I want to take a moment. So I went over to Plant's house a few weeks ago to play Smash Brothers... And we had seven people playing. Strangers. Strangers. And, well, not really. I knew half of them. <laughs> and at one point, we all agreed, okay, we'll start doing random. Ca- everyone has to play a random character. Uh, so it got, like, a lot of, like, Game & Watch and stuff like that that no one ever plays. And then at one point, people realized that Plant, Plant's Wii uh, avatar was on the system. And suddenly, we had seven plants <laughs> battling it out. And you know who won? Plant one. Real plant. Oh, it's because you, you know the contours of no, your body. No, I, I, I had only used that character once, but I think there's a natural connection that yes. happens between you and your Wii. I th- well, yes, I think that's probably true. Uh, it was an amazing experience. I, you, I, I really I thought it was superb. Call of Duty, um, I've actually not played a ton of the campaign, but the, but the multiplayer is quite fun, even though I very quickly got outmatched by everyone, mm-hmm. and I've been playing Call of Duty games forever. 
uh, I don't know. I, it's exciting and really interesting for that franchise to make so many changes to their core gameplay mechanic that I have no idea how you go forward yeah. from here. Like, I don't... Even for, like, another military shooter, I don't know how you make just a base military shooter where everyone just runs on the ground anymore. Okay, here's what's interesting about this this matchup that, that actually kind of makes sense. Both of these games are sequels and franchises that I feel do not change a whole lot from iteration to iteration. But these two are the best versions of in a of, long time, yeah. if not ever. Well, certainly for um, Smash Brothers. Yeah, for Smash. I would, also, I, I, would I think Call of Duty think changed Call of pretty damn dramatically. Close. It's it's excellent. I think Call of, I granted it doesn't really seem like it from the outside, but Call of Duty I think changed I mean when you're changing core mechanics like oh no junk. i'm saying this time it changed dramatically yeah yeah but i don't usually. know that smash did to be honest has uh, uh, it didn't smash what changed that oh yeah fucking yeah it did mm-hmm. no it really it's didn't. super I, I, yeah i think it's quite uh, what a, would you say is the biggest difference apart from eight player multiplayer? i think eight player alone is i mean that's a pretty, a pretty big fucking thing. big difference you can't just write that off yeah, it's but, like the best but, part of the game okay but the, uh, the gameplay remains essentially the same it's way more fun with eight players instead of four but they didn't change anything about the you can't play as lucas now so that does suck yeah yeah but ness but well, yeah. i was bummed about justin it do you want to weigh in on this conversation or are you just <laughs> are you cool okay I think it's Dark Souls 2. Well, it's not. that's not up for contention. You weren't paying attention, <laughs> were you? What have you been doing? Right. What have you been doing for the past 10 minutes? Smash Brothers <laughs> on Wii U you were- is not a very good game. Okay. I, I figured that was like pretty pretty clear from my point of view. I didn't think I needed to make it clear that I think Call of Duty Advanced Warfare... It, well, I can't say yeah, that. Yeah, you can't even say that. I mean, Smash Brothers Wii U is probably a better game. It's just not my cup of tea. I yeah I, I I really like Call of Duty. I think Smash yeah, Brothers for, is... for me too. And it's just Justin's not Justin's yeah. cup of tea because his baby is too young to play. Right, video. I'm it's gonna like... come to town and I'm gonna give you a, right. a Smash Clinic. I'm gonna teach oh, you all about uh, the secrets. You should go to the local college, Justin, and meet some college go friends to... and just hang out and drink beers and go to the, with the... them. Sounds like the actions of a of a sane happy. Go man. to the campus Christian. Yeah. <laughs> go to the campus Christian Center, which is where I used to participate in Super Smash Brothers melee tournaments. Uh, and then <laughs> get David Burner to teach you. He'll do his Smash Brothers rap for you, and then he'll teach you how to smash. Oh, it's terrifying. This one. Oh, this next one. Okay, so the winner was Smash Brothers Wii U. The next round, Dragon Age Inquisition versus Dark Souls 2. Okay, both these start with D, so that's a good yeah, start. You'll Got know it. where. And they have nothing no, else in common. Well, I mean, they're both RPGs. Fantasy but, RPGs. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, it's Dark Souls 2. I, I finished Dragon Age, actually, mm-hmm. since the last time we recorded. Um, and I don't know. It gave me some more time to think about what the game does really, really well and what this sort of what sort of doesn't hold up uh, for the... I think I tapped out around 60 hours. And, and there are... The world and the lore building of it is, like, unlike anything... I've I think Bioware has set the new sort of standard for that. Yeah, stuff. but did you read the Grimoire cards in Destiny? Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> um, you didn't go to the website and read all about them. Uh, by the end of the game, like I had built my decisions had affected the world in a way that, like, I don't know, was so much more tangible than it has been in like um, any of the Mass Effect games. Like I was so embroiled in like the. 
a civil war between the uh, the the Chantry and the Rebel Mages, and like the yeah. the the ending of that game is basically like how it has been for past Dragon Age games, and I won't spoil it. Any of the like personal stuff, probably happened, like a big dragon or something. No, it's at the end. the The ending ending is like Credits. a rundown of where the world is at, and seeing oh, yeah. like how my decisions, how whom I supported, uh, changed changed the world. Had me like, I don't know. I guess I guess I felt this way when I finished uh, Dragon Age Origins, where I was just like so hungry for DLC yeah. just to keep keep developing this world that i built um yeah you get i i I, you know i haven't played uh, this is actually the first dragon age game i've played but i certainly felt that way playing like fallout and fallout new vegas and stuff like that uh although generally in those situations um it's like you know did you blow up megaton and that's like the big decision it's it's way more nuanced than that it's way 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 more nuanced than that there is a one of the um, the uh, like world shaping things is there's a a person who is elevated to a seat of power, um, and I didn't make that decision. It just happened based on how like I played the game and a lot of other very little decisions I made. Um, that I was just like I don't know. I was just blown away by. Uh, yeah, my I I am in love with Dragon Age, and it's probably going to be the one that I recommend here. The I. I Literally just having played it in the past two days, the the one beef I have is that when you go to these different worlds across, like, the large world map, right, you'll go to the forest world, or you'll go to the kind of, like, graveyard world, or the desert world, that they start to feel like, and maybe this is, like, seeing too much what's going on behind the scenes, but game design blueprints... Like, I just went to this desert stage, and it's like, oh, this is the one where there's lots of verticality, and to find things, I'm going to have to find ways up and down where it'll look like a thing I need to find is right next to me, but actually, it's 30 feet above me, and then to find the next thing, I have to go 40 feet down, and it's like, this is the confusing, confined map. And then the next map is the big open one, and then the one after that is the, like, big boss one. Uh, and none of that's – it's not bad. It's just disappointing because – and that, this is why I feel almost weird being so critical of these things. What's great about the game is so unbelievably great and sets such a high bar that when I have to, like we said yesterday, manage my inventory, yeah. it's like how the hell is this a, a, a thing I have to so, worry about? One of the things I want to talk about – about like things that don't that aren't as good at hour 60 as they are at like hour 15 um and and i don't know it's kind of kind of a letdown for me is like i I don't know what you guys were playing as i was playing as a dual dagger rogue and i had a fairly balanced party you know i was wrong with iron bull you know that was my dude um yeah i was i got so powerful that First of all, I stopped using the tactical combat entirely just because I didn't need to, and it, it started to turn into a slog where, like, every time I ran onto any enemy, I would have to freeze time and then execute the same, like, commands for the same people every fight. Yeah. That never changed. It was always get down a barrier, throw down a free spell, um, get 
get my archers to use their powerful attacks that have the long cooldowns, get my rogue stealth, get my rogue poisoned. Like, it was the same order of commands. It never changed. Um, Because eventually, like, I filled up my command deck and wouldn't have, you know, more room to add more abilities. So not only that, it just, I just didn't need to use it anymore. Like, I... I had my rogue was just capable of of dealing obscene amounts of damage. So all I had to do was get behind somebody, hold down the R two button, and use my my cooldowns uh, when I had the energy to do. That's so interesting because I haven't touched the command deck since the first time that like Likewise. since after they told told me what it was. I haven't. I didn't touch it. What again. do you mean? I I just. I mean, I never. I didn't do it. Do again. you mean the tactical just, view? Yeah. Okay. The like I don't. Um, yeah. I, the most I'll ever do is tell people to attack the same target as me. And and I that's that's fine. Like I was excited about the command deck because I liked Dragon Age Origins combat a lot more than I liked Dragon Age 2's. Um and I think Inquisition kinda tries to find a happy medium by having both of them in there. Um but I don't know. I just it f- for me, I the game ended I wanted to keep learning about the world, right? And I wanted to keep shaping the decisions. I was so invested in the characters and the world. Mechanically speaking, though, like, I was not having a lot of fun in combat anymore by the time I reached the end of the game. Because I had I had basically just been doing the same stuff since I unlocked my um, Inquisitor's uh, extra class. Um, since I got in there and, and unlocked a couple of abilities... Basically, like, every fight was exactly the same from that point on. I, so it, it started to feel, honestly, like, a little bit long in the tooth, which I know is weird because I just said in the first half of the podcast that I didn't think that was going to happen. So, but it, So out of curiosity, why not respec? I, I've done that um, once, and I might do it again. Uh, I have a rogue that's, that was built around bows and bow combat, and then I swapped over to uh, to daggers just to kind of like mix it up and get something uh different going why not why not respec and try to freshen it it's up? just not how my it's just not how i like well first of all by the time i would have done that i would have been so deep into the game that it would have been like me completely changing shit like right before the finale i it i don't know it's just not how i play rpgs like i like to i like to focus on just just one thing and then expand and evolve inside of that thing but like i don't i wouldn't I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to take this obvious alley-oop uh, for why Dark Souls is great and why I generally prefer that sort of game over any other RPG and why I didn't play RPGs up until Dragon Age, basically, is, you're right, it feels better to have control of the combat. And for the combat to be, in the case of Dark Souls, I think, like, endlessly enjoyable. Uh, I... I that is the meat of the game, and I don't right. get tired of doing that. And I like the feeling of getting better and better and better at it. That said, uh, I, I always just dealt with the combat in Dragon Age. I think it's pretty and, like, fun-ish. But I, I, I think that why I was able to get into it versus any other RPG is because for the first time, the story really felt excellent. It felt like it was worth getting. I think it's the best story Bioware's ever done. I, I, I really um, do. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> but I'll agree with you. <laughs> with little uh, care, like so full of it, it nails like character moments in quests that are completely 
missable. I mean, most of the things in the game are completely missable if you're if you're taking a different path. But like, there are some that are like they put amazing character work in like tiny little things that you may not even see. Like that you may not, um, like okay for for instance, I um I chose uh to to romance uh the 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 advisor uh Jacqueline is that her name no yeah, that's right yeah uh, like that Josephine thank you thank you yeah we're very close um uh, so I I did that line and if you uh follow that um not only are you doing like missions where you go to find her family crest and there's some actually decently written romantic dialogue um it culminates in this scene where like you well i won't i won't spoil it if you're planning to go down that path but um like it it culminates in a scene that would be entirely missable and is actually like kind of moving like actually kind of genuinely romantic if you've chosen to go down that path and that's like one of a million different roads you could go down like that the storytelling achievement of, of dragon age inquisition is is absolutely gobsmacking yeah. to me i cannot believe how much is is in this game um, yeah. dark dark souls 2 i want to talk about because like honestly it has been a while since i've played it um because like it was for me it was the only game i played this year for maybe four straight months um thanks to the fact that like i played it and played it and beat it and played it and beat it and then the pc version came out and i was like well the cycle begins anew um but that was a while ago and I I don't know I'm having a hard time coming up with um, descriptive floral prose uh, for it because like I literally just finished Dragon Age uh, last night. I love Dark Souls too. I I loved for, Dark for Souls me. Too. I feel like the thing that it nailed was the thing that Dark Souls the first nailed, which was like every little thing you find in that game, every little every fucking like point that you add to a single statistic is so like desirable and so meaningful and completely changes like how you play the game. And that's something that RPGs struggle with and absolutely have to nail in order to be like really great mechanically. And I think it's something that Dragon Age Inquisition doesn't really nail so well. Um, because like, I don't know. Did you guys ever, uh, unlock a, an ability and it's like if you unlock this ability you get plus three dexterity and it's like great I have no fucking idea yeah, what that means matter. but if you add like one point to attunement in Dark Souls you're like oh yeah gonna unlock a new spell slot gonna yeah but that's not always I mean some of the attributes do not have that level of you know tangible benefit and you can also have that pleasure of uh, going further than you actually need to without knowing that you need to go <laughs> Like not go as far with that, and then wasting. Well, points. you can also yeah, respect I, in Dark Souls too, which is well sure. respend your points. I should say. Um, I just I, th- I I've yeah. never like there is still no RPG out there that does this stuff better. Um, like I'll find a sword and I'll be like, oh, that yeah. sword's tight. I'm, I need four more strength. I'm gonna level up my strength and get stronger. And now I'm gonna use that sword. Like every s- and then the feeling of like using that sword effectively is like more. And satisfying. then finding the materials, like oh shit, now I can upgrade this sword. Now I can imbue it with fire. Okay, yeah. Now I'm gonna go with a fire build. So there is no RPG in existence that handles those mechanics better than than the Soul series does. Yeah. Can, can I- I- 
So, here's the difference between these two games for me, in terms of what I enjoy, and also what I enjoy when I play D&D, right? When I play D&D, I like the storytelling. I like feeling like I'm on an adventure. And playing Dragon Age is, again, the first time where it's really felt like that. When I found out that I was part of a natural elf community that had rebelled against uh, basically the current state of how people, how elves are treated in this world... I actually That's gave a shit, which was, yeah. which was I, I, amazing, and I was so happy that I gave a shit. Dark Souls feels like that style of D&D play that I don't like, even though I do like Dark Souls, where it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to roll this, and I'm going to have to use this, and if I, if I max out these weapons, I can get through this dungeon, and it, it's the math version of D&D, <clears throat> which I, I get a lot of people love, but drives me absolutely I, up the wall. So the reason, I disagree a little bit. I agree with you about the storytelling. I think Dragon Age Inquisition does that a lot better, but... There are countless moments in Dark Souls 2 that are just like, first of all, the um, for all the problems that you had with the settings in Dragon Age Inquisition, I think Dark Souls 2 like has some of the most incredible scenery in, in yeah. any Oh, yes. That's franchise. And it's, like right, that's like their jam. And the I think a lot of the Souls franchise uh, strength is like, the monsters like the enemies that you run into not only like look crazy not only have some really crazy designs but then you also have to think like oh shit how am i gonna not get killed by that thing and so it's sort of like punch out stop you know? it <laughs> so, you so <laughs> those two ideas come together for all kinds of really spectacular moments like i remember the first time i went into the um the uh black gulch and i'm like well this oh, place wow. sucks there's like poison statues everywhere and oh fuck a sarlacc just popped out of a wall oh jesus i hate this place so much this is the scariest place i've ever been like it has so many moments like that where these oh shit monster moments combined with and- these settings to make you feel like completely oppressed and then also this is another souls thing but like beating through that oppression yeah. Like fuck yeah, black black culture just beat you is still some of the most exhilarating, rewarding moments in gaming. Period. It, it's really it's really an interesting dichotomy between the two because the adventure that you have in Dragon Age Inquisition is so personal. You know, it is like it is going to be exactly your thing, and I would argue that it is almost fingerprint like in like how different each person's playthrough will be i doubt anybody there might be a lot of similarities nobody's going to have you know the exact same stuff that they do there's just so much and it feels very personal as a result dark souls 2 on the other hand is interesting because it's a shared thing which i think is really actually kind of rare um i think difficulty honestly plays a big part in that when griffin was talking just now about black gulch I had literally pulled up the wiki page on Black Gulch cause, so I could remember the name of it, so I could mention it specifically. Like, Griffin's bringing up Black Gulch brought a a response to me that, like, we actually share because we both went through the same thing. And there aren't a lot of games, I think, that are that are doing that right and, now. That's and kind of an any old genre, school thing. Right. Like, yeah, right, there's right. A, a lot of – I call the original Dark Souls the best Castlevania game ever made because it had that idea of these – when I put, say, like, uh, Castlevania and Clock Tower, in the same sentence, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, for, I don't know how they accomplish it unswervingly, but 
But From Software is capable of making these incredibly iconic moments and then just stuffing dozens and dozens of them in a single game experience. Like, the reason I replayed Dark Souls 2, like, a day after I finished it was just because, like, I don't know, man. Like, I remembered it. Like, I, it's like when you see... um it's like when you see a movie that has like a big twist ending and you think like, oh, I want to watch that again right now just because I want to see like how that secret uh, was was played out through the course of the movie. Like I felt that same way about Dark Souls 2 where it was like, well, now that I understand this thing that like when you first start playing it is a complete mystery that tells you almost nothing. Like yeah. I really want to, I don't know, I want to play through yeah. it again in that context again. I feel like I, in, it's weird because the word, the word difficulty is what we use for these games, but it's like difficult music or difficult films where it, it doesn't even need the twist. It's that first time through, it's so hard that you you still enjoy it, but you're also just dealing with the pressure of getting through it. Yeah. And then to be able to go back and just enjoy it for what it is as like a work of art and to, to have that pressure removed, but to still kind of see the world... I don't know. There's something very precious about that. And I'm, I mean, that's, we mention it every year, but Spelunky for me is like yeah. that sort of thing. Or like on Netflix, like failure to launch. <laughs> sure. I mean, definitely. And every time I watch that, I'm like. The early McConaughey. Yeah, thing. sure. I love that in Dark Souls, that, that sense of, um, uh, I'll tell you what it always reminds me of is that bit in Princess Bride when they're in their fire swamp and they've been there for long enough that they, he talks about how they can sense like, well, I know when this pops, yeah. I need to move because the, the, there's about to be a, a fire spurt. Like, that sort of feeling, I, I, I can't name hardly any games other than maybe I think Spelunky is another decent example. But because Dark Souls is t- is is codified and, and doesn't change each time, like, no, that sense of, like, oh, I know this. I can get through this, and it's still hard, but, like, I know this place like the back of my hand. I God, I wish more games yeah. felt that way. And, and that's something I think where um, – uh, Dragon Age actually falls down on uh, it, Dragon Age is uh, expands uh, on the problem that Dragon Age Two had. I mean, attempts to fix it. I should say, Dragon Age Two. You you return to the same caves over and over again. It was miserable and and crappy. Um, I would say that for for Dragon Age, the the landscapes are varied and beautiful, but they don't. I don't ha- ever have a sense of like where I'm yeah. at. I don't. I don't know where I. I mean. I know this is the sandy place that I hate because it takes forever to get anywhere. But like the 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 areas are not don't have the character anywhere near the character that that uh, even one stage of Dark Souls two right has. like Hyde's Tower of of Flame. Like I can I can remember so many different. What about the one place where uh, it's all dark and you're. Uh, going between different platforms, mm-hmm. and then you have those you monsters know, that explode on the bridges to knock you. Yeah, oh man, oh, man. what a f- what was that? Uh, what place? Uh, was that? Uh, I can't remember the uh, name of it. Uh, um, also, the multiplayer were in Dark Souls Two is pretty great, and 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 it and it did add that layer of um, randomness to it, where like um, you're having a really hard time getting through a certain area, and so you keep playing through, and you keep playing through, and then finally, like, you crack the code, you figure out the best line to run, and then you get invaded, and it's like, well, shit. <laughs> oh, the gutter. The gutter, yeah. What a good name no. for a... Guys, no, you know what? I, I don't know. Can we take a vote? For I don't me, it's Dark Souls 2. 
Uh, how about everybody else votes? No, I'm gonna yeah. do it last. <laughs> okay, Justin. Can we do a secret? <laughs> <laughs> how about we all just say it at the same time? No, that's gonna be okay. madness. On, on, I'll, I'll one, say two, three, three, two. and then the same thing. Sorry, say okay, it. What, what, one, one. I'll say one, two, three, and then say okay. It. Okay, one. I gotta think. Hold on, wait, I gotta think. I don't know. Oh, this. Is, I wish this was the finals. If this is how we decide the finals, I'll quit the show. <laughs> okay, got it. That's fine. Ready? One, two, three. Dark Souls. Dragon, Dragon Age. Dragon last. Oh, you son of what? a bitch. <laughs> what is, All right, what Russ, say, it's down. I, it, I vote Dark Souls. Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay, cool. Uh, our first deadlock. It's just, guys, it's a better game. It really, take it, take it from me, the guy, the only person on this game who's beaten Dragon Age. Dark Souls is better. That's pretty convincing. Here, here would be my argument for Dragon Age. We're gonna have Bloodborne here next year. Oh no! Next, come on, the very next oh, episode. Don't, 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 but we two, need to stop joking two, about us doing two, that. Um. Here, here's the other thing. Uh, Dragon Age feels like a huge improvement over a game I did not play. Uh, <laughs> while Dark Souls feels like more Dark Souls. No, no, come on. No, that's cutting Dark Souls two way too short. Dark Souls two is an enormous. Over the okay. no, everyone else who loves Dark Souls would say the exact opposite. I, you know what? I but Plant, see, I feel the exact same way. I couldn't finish Dark Souls one, and I adore Dark Souls two. Well, that's true for me too. Fuck. Um, okay, fine. It's Dark Souls. Yeah, I would say I, here's why I'm comfortable with Dark Souls. They both have amazing elements, but what Dark Souls, what From did with Dark Souls that I wish Bioware had done with Dragon Age Inquisition is a pass. To as very, I think the the huge variety and amount of stuff to do is a big strength of Dragon Age Inquisition. I still wish they had brought an editor's eye to some of that yeah. stuff to to just to separate some of the chaff from the wheat um, a, a little bit more. And I, I think that Dark Souls Two, there's it, it is all killer no filler. I think every choice, every area, every frigging enemy in that game is specific. And intentional uh, to 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 provide a certain experience. So I'm I am I am cool with Dark Souls too. Praise the sun. Now, guys, now I've got a semi. Y'all, can no. I talk about a mistake I made a little earlier? You didn't put uh, Danganronpa <laughs> in our top yeah, top sixteen. Besides the obvious mistake, earlier I said, "Oh, this is great because the thing these two games have in common." is they uh, are games that come out regularly, but they're really great versions of that. And now I'm realizing that's like half the games that we've talked about. It's like, oh great, more Far Cry, more Dark Souls, more Smash Brothers. Well, Smash Brothers, I don't, I don't think it's safe to call Smash Brothers release schedule regular. It's, this is yeah. not an sure, annualized franchise it, it, by any stretch. It, it, of it, well, it, there it, were two releases this year. <laughs> Well, come on. But, but even they beyond that, game. Yeah. when the games come out, they are similar versions of the original game. Let me take a brief segue to say that, Plant, maybe you shouldn't address the table every time you make appointment. Because that's sort of where the mic is. Simi time. How have we stacked these final four up against each other? So we have Dark Souls 2 going up against Far Cry 4 in semi-bracket A. And Smash Brothers Wii U going up against Hearthstone in semi bracket B. Okay. All right. Hyphen X. All right. I'm ready to start throwing punches now. Okay. Now it's popping off. Let, can let's, we let's, do? 
can we do the other one first or yeah let's do smash and hearthstone first just because we were just talking a lot about yeah both of them, let's actually it's gonna break griffin's heart no i mean like let's actually talk about this one instead of being like let's talk about hearthstone later when it inevitably wins the best <laughs> game of the year uh, let me talk about hearthstone for a second because i have never gotten into the last time that um i got into a, a collectible card game was when griffin and travis and i all played that uh Marvel superhero. Do you remember this, Griffin? Hero click. Uh, yeah. No, Heroclix? not hero clicks. It was a. It was a card. No, it was actual I, card I based. Yeah. Um, uh, superhero game. Um, and I have avoided this, you know, genre. Uh, and I know that there's only sort of, I guess, structural ties between this and like magic or or what ha- or Yu Gi Oh, uh, or or whatever. Um, but. This was the game, like, leave it to Blizzard to create an, a way of making a game that is both unfathomably deep, but also completely accessible to somebody who had no, like, basically no prior experience with, with how to play this game. At every yeah. point, it is there. It, uh, there are so many inscrutable game experiences in, that are available now that are like extremely rewarding, but also extremely inaccessible. I mean, I, I think even Blizzard is responsible for some of them. I, I would, I would put like, um, you know, I would put, uh, sorry, you know, the space one. What's the one like? Oh, Starcraft. There we Starcraft. go. Starcraft. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, thirty-four years old. Woof. It's, it's. I'm feeling it. Um, I, I would put Starcraft. In, into that camp, you know, I, it seems extremely cool. Uh, aside from playing the single player, I, I I can't really engage with it. But um, Hearthstone is so good about at every step of the way, you feel like someone is there holding your hand and sort of guiding you towards the a fun thing that you are actually prepared to do. I jumped into that game again, not having played since uh, basically August, I think, uh, and. Within a couple rounds, I was like back back in the groove, and that's yeah. that's astounding. Here's the best praise I can give Hearthstone. It is the best digital card game since SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Oh since God. the Pokemon Trading Card Game, which was the only color. other point of reference I have for a card game. Those are literally well, the two I play. You guys are literally. You keep saying that you have no background or no experience in card games. I literally have never played. Bam, one up to all of you. Have never played a collectible, collectible card game before. I didn't know how to play how? Magic. I don't know how it happened. I, it didn't appeal to me. Like, the idea of collecting cards and, like... They're not, not video have, games. Well, right. They're yeah, not I guess games. that's fair. But also, like, it just, like... I didn't... I don't know. It just never... I was never in a situation where I wanted to play one. And I the fact uh, that they were able to make one that can appeal to someone... Not it only, feels like a video game. Not, a, it feels like a video game. But not only that, like, it appeals to people that don't even quite play video games. Like, it's such a good gateway video game for people to get into it. Just because everything is explained to you. Oh my gosh. I, you so, don't need to memorize anything. It's amazing. I want to share a story about two of my friends. Uh, Jack and Diane. <laughs> Jack and Diane. I had heard that he liked magic, and I was like, you should try this Hearthstone. And he's like, eh, I don't really have time for video games in my life. Uh, and there's nothing that comes to this for like two or three months. Then I see them uh, recently, 
and they don't even talk to me. We went on this like little uh, writing retreat, and both of them on their off time, I, I find them in the living room lying on couches, and they are like zoned in to Hearthstone. And I was like, oh, how long have you been playing this? And I can't talk playing Hearthstone. Uh, so it ruined your retreat, friendship. Is it what you're ruined. Saying. It ruined the friendship. They they don't talk to each other. Just they're just Hearthstoning all the time, and now, that that like it astounded me. As a point of contrast, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U has intensified and the pleasures of my friendships. Oh, nice I, transition in a in a um, menage a octo. Uh, the the Smash Brothers for Wii U has only brought me and my friends br- closer together. So I think the choice is obvious. Next round, we have Dark Souls 2 versus Far Cry 4. <laughs> I am shocked. I honestly thought you were going to go Hearthstone. I am honest to God. I'm torn because I'm sitting here thinking of, like, things to knock Hearthstone for. I've, I've spent money on it. You don't need to, but I have. So, like... That's a that, that's a problem with myself more than it is a problem with Hearthstone. I'm just a broken person. Um, Guys, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, I, I'm trying to think of negatives, and it's like, well, the daily quests are the best way of making money, but you only get one of those a day, so you have to wait to play the game again. So it's like my knock against her is that I want to play it every day more than an hour. Like that's kind of busted for, for me, and I know I've, I've made my my stance on Smash Brothers Wii U pretty pretty well known. But what I will say is that the parallel between these two is that they both represented types of games that I, if you had asked me January one twenty fourteen, are you into? I would have said no. And I think that Smash Brothers Wii U, for all that it apparently does very well, missed a real opportunity to create a game that could get new players like really well acclimated like but i i don't i think it has the hooks there uh, to to get somebody who has no it, idea of how to i play kind of i kind of disagree with you because like i have i've had that exact experience like this was the game where we had a big party at our place we had uh like a dozen of our friends over and um, half of them had never played Smash Brothers before. The other half had probably only played the 64 version before. And after, you know, setting them all up and creating characters based off the Miis that I already had on, on the console, um, having them pick their special attacks so they knew uh, in that creation process like what each button did, and then throwing them all into a fight and seeing their own little avatars in there, like, that's the kind of shit that makes you want to learn how to play a game Griffin, and how to get better I, but, at a but, game. But, but, what you're wait, describing wait, wait, wait. is a scenario that is not endemic to the game yeah. itself. What you're describing you are is like, like the world's if you best had four fri- If you had four friends around you teaching you how to play the game, it's really easy to learn. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I bet a lot of games are... If I had four people, around. I bet I could learn fucking Dwarf Fortress. But I don't. I was just me here in front of the computer. <laughs> but that's like... It's a local multiplayer game. Like, that's, that's what well, that's, it fucking is. That's no, how it, that's not true. Because there are... Like, but, but you can say that about most card games. That's why I haven't learned any card games, because I don't have people around to help me get right, into which it. which is why Hearthstone's such a standout. I'm, I'm saying that, like, it, by if we're going to fucking subtract the local multiplayer experience of Smash from oh, it, no, then no, yeah, fucking throw it aside. Like, not, well, well, that's what you're saying. Like, it's, if, it's uh, I don't have like friends that play video games with me, so fuck this it's game. It's almost like we're traveling back in time 12 months to the day when we were arguing the Towerfall should be game of the year, and Justin's like, I have no friends. 
<laughs> like, honestly, like, it's a bit of a sticking point when you don't play locally with anyone and you just can't experience the best parts of a game. Do you think that has something to do with it, Juice? I, I, do you think I, that, like, if you were playing... I played more local multiplayer games this year than any other type of game. So, like, for me, Smash Brothers coming out was, like, a logical, like, yes, me and my friends are going to dig on this shit. And then when we did... But I could totally see, like, if that was not an activity that me and my friends got into every time we get yeah. hung out, then... It's like having... Uh, getting Call of Duty but not having an internet connection. Like, you're sort of I, left see, with See, I would argue that even... Even then, you could have a rich, awesome, like, full-featured experience. And, like, that's, again, I don't think that's necessarily knocking um, uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Like, it, it is what it is. But I I refuse to believe they couldn't have done more to, to, to make it so that you didn't feel so sort of over, let, let me give you an example, and I'm using the 3DS version here as an example because I've spent more time with that. But I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities you could draw. But and, and I don't think we're necessarily, uh, uh, you, you know, I think that they're pretty closely related. In in Super Smash Brothers for 3DS, uh, I I saw uh, there's a way you can learn the basic controls in the game, and the way you do that is not by like some. There's nothing that says like tutorial or how to learn it. It, you can watch a video if you leave it at the title screen sitting. It'll actually tell you – it'll show a little video that tells you how to play. And then there was like the the missions for – like that that I, I heard a lot of people said that they're really cool. They're like bite-sized little things you can just do. I went to that screen and it's literally completely blank and it doesn't say anything about how – missions appear or when they'll appear or to check back later or whatever. That's the kind of decision that I'm talking about where like there's just not the level of consideration for people who are trying to get into something. And and from uh you know, I think for me, I've got a lot of value uh I put a lot of value in like experiences that stay fresh and Heart, are, Hearthstone, are fresh to me because I don't have the experience with them. Hearthstone does that infinitely better i'll give yeah. you that like the intro sequence to hearthstone is plays every yeah. class okay now that you've finished all these and things, there's a little now, story not, not yeah. to mention that but that you're like you feel engaged and they like oh the, the best go ahead and and get every class to level 10 and you'll unlock and you'll unlock like 200 cards like the best you'll unlock example a crazy amount of, of hearthstone uh design is a simple text box that says this next challenge is unfair Screw the developers; they're going to screw you over. Essentially, and beating that challenge, you feel like okay, I have a handle on this game. It's this sim- that simple level of like they're going to mess with you a little bit, but I'm still going to use the stuff that I've learned in the last few battles to take advantage of the situation. I and also granted I, not that hard, but still, I love also in Hearthstone that you can. Uh, uh, one of the things that I think it uh, it also does really well. This is for again somebody coming from my specific perspective, but. It allows you to feel like you are competent when in the broad scheme of things you are not. But there yeah. are like – you can get to a point where you're like, okay, I kind of – I know what I'm doing. I can win a few fights here because it's – they're really well pe- matched. They're really well paired. Right. And like you can get into a, a place where you feel like – you have that feeling of understanding. You have that, that satisfaction of feeling like you know wh- what this game is and how to play it and how to be pretty competent when in like – the big picture, you actually don't. You are a baby. We had yeah. uh, Griffin. Do you remember that comment on your and Phil's video 
from it was the like one- oh i love watching people have fun even if they're sub subpar players <laughs> yeah and, and like that you know i think but like i i feel like that's something that it does so well that i wish like a game like like i think dota is a good example of a game where i just wanted that i just want to be like sort of kind of basically proficient but and but, i yeah. i invested 30 hours in it which i know is a, a drop in the bucket for dota but right still didn't get to that point where i felt like i had any sort of handle but the I point also, i want to make the point i want to make and i feel like i i love smash brothers for wii u i still think i'll go with hearthstone um but the point i want to make is like i feel like smash brothers does that too i feel like the controls for Smash Brothers aren't that complicated. There's an attack button. There's, yeah, there's a special two buttons, button. There's, Justin, I would agree. There's a dodge and a grab button. Like, <laughs> it really isn't that hard to get a grasp on it. But I do think that feeling is harder to come by because it's dependent on you finding a character that you really like and becoming, you know, relatively proficient with, like, a few of the things that they're good at. And then you get that very slow and what has been for me very rewarding climb to proficiency, like a more universal proficiency where you learn what each character can do, where you learn like how to respond to the millions of different situations that can pop up in any given Smash Brothers fight, especially, and that's why I love 8-player, is because like it takes that to an exponentially exponentially more like... Um, uh, crazy degree of like you just constantly have to make uh, you know figure out the best way to respond to different situations and that's something that you do get better at and that's something that i have really really loved i don't think it is an uninviting game Uh, by any stretch of the imagination i don't think smash brothers is uninviting at all because like you said it's borderline party game i will say all these years later i still don't know the purpose of ness's up special or whatever. There are people oh, the like, exploding thing? The the blue thing? People the, Oh, like, the thing that you sh- blow you your it. Yeah. I, you use that I, as a save it. You can hit Ness with it and he goes flying. Like, and you can save yourself from falling. But no, no, not not sorry, not that one. The, the one fire, where it's like the, fireworks? It's like a, no, no I don't know. Anyway, the, <laughs> he's the got a bat. There 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 are these the Yes, bat. yes. There are these <laughs> characters who I don't understand what their purpose is in the game. Right. And it would be it's a ton to ask for them to explain every character. But Hearthstone does do that, which is why, again, it's so incredible, is within probably an hour and a half, I felt like I understood every class and had a pretty good grasp of, like, dozens of moves that spanned all of those classes. Sure. And I think that's, it would like, be it's an incredible and- accomplishment. Like, I, I'm not discounting Smash Brothers at all. Well, there's also, like, 49 characters sure. in it, Smash as opposed to 9. And it, I understand well, but it it's would a be fighting a huge game. It's kind of my if, responsibility. It would be a huge accomplishment for Smash Brothers Wii U and, like, huge in my sort of, like, uh, enjoyment of it if there would be a mode that would just say, here are eight characters, you know, play through this series of challenges with them, and you'll be competent with, like, at least eight characters so you can get started and, like, really learn them, and we're really going to teach you just these eight. So you have a base to work off of, and then you can build from there. That yeah. is something that Dota 2 does excellently, where it says, okay, you're going to learn this character now. And we're going to put you through your paces on them so you can at least play this one and know what you're doing. And I, I really yeah, wish Smash Brothers would, would do that. And what's funny about Smash is that they could do that because almost all the characters can be fit into these boxes, right? Where, like, Luigi and Mario play very similarly they just have minor ways of melee which, characters, right. defense characters, big heavy guys. Like there's, there that's are sort of the categories. idea behind the me customized characters is that they they represent sort of the three main archetypes. It just sucks of, so much to play with. 
What? I I, I mean uh, maybe because I mostly played melee, but yeah, I have not. The, you made a bad character. I, I yeah. need to play more as a range one. I don't think that's fair for me to. Not I um. Anyway, I think I think we've made some pretty uh, bizarre and broad comparisons yeah. between these two completely. That's fun, though. They're both these great. two completely different games. They're both fucking fantastic games, I think and we for have me. A vote. They represent the like two different ways I played games in 2014, and that Smash Brothers for Wii U is a the perfect like um, identikit of local multiplayer like joyous joyous video game playing. That I don't know like I said maybe earlier in this episode or off the air that like God I I wish we hadn't considered Towerfall last year because holy shit have I played a lot of Towerfall Ascension this year. Uh, and sort of fell in love with that game all over again when my friends started playing with me. I feel like even Smash Brothers may have superseded that, and, like, the moments of pure... Let's not get carried uh, away. <laughs> uh, the moment of pure exhilaration I've gotten... I am looking forward to that DLC, by the oh way, for gosh. Towerfall. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, but the, the moments of pure exhilaration I got from Smash Brothers for Wii U are completely different from, like, the uh, House of Cards-esque, well no pun intended, mm. uh, strategy, like, oh, you've fallen into my trap that Hearthstone gives you, that, like, they're really, really rewarding, and and they, they're they they're great in, like, a very solitary, cerebral way. Sure. So, uh, let's have a vote. Hearthstone. I'll give it to Hearthstone, sure. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Um, I also wanted to mention, early on, when we were um, talking about our trading card game experience, that I did come in second place in a Pokemon tournament at Mid-OhioCon, so... I remember that. So I just wanted to put that out there. Is Ohio that big that they need like a top Ohio and a bottom Ohio? As yeah, well? yeah, yeah. I mean, this one's square, square in the center. <laughs> I got beaten out by a kid who was like six years my minor. He had a really lucky magneton draw. Oh, I was so pissed off. But I did meet Lou Ferrigno that day, so it was worth it. <laughs> what, what was this last year? Uh, yes, this was last year. Dark Souls two versus Far Cry four. Dark Souls 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't even like, know if we have to have... We've uh, talked about both these games quite a bit, and we can talk about Dark Souls 2 some more when it goes up against Hearthstone. I Far just, Cry 4 is, is, is really, really, really excellent. And, and again, I think it's similar to our last comparison. Like, it is so dependent on what you're in the mood for. There, are, there have been days this past year where if I had sat down in front of Dark Souls 2, I would have pulled my hair out, where I needed something like Far Cry 4... That that really is, focuses on fun and silliness and 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 being breezy, and uh, I think it's got a ton of panache, but I don't I don't think it hangs here. I don't. I mean, obviously, I don't think so either. I which again, like, don't just Far Cry Four is my favorite game, like Far Cry Four that came out this year. I don't want it to seem like it's just like Far a, Cry Four is the best Far Cry game of the year. Well, Get no, on. it's <laughs> it's one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite open world game of the year. It's my favorite like dumb fun game of the year. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's ha- Watch Dogs. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, no, I other huge disappointment. The mail would have. Ugh, anyway, uh, no. Far Cry Four is is really good. It's just Dark Souls Two is kind of a masterpiece. Should we talk about something else to cleanse our palates before it gets really fucking nasty in the finals? I don't think it's going to get so nasty, to be honest. Well, that's because you want it to go away. I don't want it to go. Oh, away. I like. Really? I'd like to. I'd like to 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 bring up something. Um, oh, can we talk about? Oh, yeah. Go that ahead. that we just as a, a discussion point. Um, we talked to uh, before we went into game of the year stuff this year. I was kind of like uh, a little trepidatious because I felt like this year had been so full of um, 
not a lot of like huge releases that I really loved. Um, as I eventually like worked on my list, I found a pretty solid list of 10 that I felt great about, but, um, I think it's I think the most interesting thing for me about game of the year discussions is that I think they are going to get they're already headed this way but I think increasingly it's going to be really really hard to I I think the sort of games that we usually consider for like game of the year consideration are that's a great sentence are um are going to get fewer and far uh, further between um you look at something like you know we've mentioned um Towerfall a couple of times. Uh, I think Kentucky Route Zero is another example of this, of a game that almost like it, 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 I think increasingly the really interesting stuff is not going to be the games that are like build up, build up, build up, trailer, trailer, beta, release on a disc, DLC in six months. I, I think that you're going to see more games that, that don't fit the model that are doing like the, the really, really interesting stuff. Wait, you think yeah. so? You think there's like smaller, like made by like small, like maybe no, a guy I don't, in his I don't basement? Mean, you think I don't mean independent. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm okay. talking about is I mean, about it's happening is with big games too. I mean, evolving Metro, experiences. Like, yeah, Rust Metro, is, a, is a great example of a game that, like, when it came out, was like, what? I don't even know what this is. And apparently, like, it, I haven't dipped back in. Griffin, we should dip back in. By the way, yeah, um, I hear it's it's grown leaps and bounds again. And Man, I think I that's going to be. Forgot. Yeah, I forgot about Russ completely. I, I I don't think it would have broken into my top ten, but holy shit, I had some really great times with Rust. I, I remember um, very distinctly one time tri- uh, Justin and I wanted to build a house together, which involved us scouting out a good place to build it, um, and then him and I running through the darkness, running through the woods with all of my valuables that I was bringing from my like satellite headquarters location to our new home, and getting chased by somebody with a torch through the woods and being fucking terrified. Uh, I, I think Rust had a lot of uh, problems, but I remember stuff like that being some of my being some of my Not most memorable the guy things that, that happened. You asked for his games. pants, and he just get- <laughs> the guy who I took the shirt yeah, off his back, literally yeah. the shirt off his back. I think but- also there there are games that are major studio games that are much better. Metro twenty thirty three. I know that you were on that that train way back when too. Oops. Uh, oh yeah. Is, an excellent game that was considerably flawed. The Redux version of it, it, it I mean, it, it still feels ahead of its time as what a first-person shooter can be, and w- is on my like top game of the list. Like, right. I, I don't. I, I I mentioned this a while ago. I think I tweeted something like this, but I really do think this year we're going to see more. Um, there's there's going to be a way bigger differential between different like game outlets, game of the year. I feel like in years past, it's been pretty um, standardized. Yeah, like last year, there were a bunch of Gone Homes. There were a bunch of uh, shit. What came out last year? There were probably some Mass Effect 3s in there. Was that last year? Sure. Well, now I've said this thing, and I can't back up with a logical thought. Here's the best example I can point to. Look at a game like Dota 2. Or, or you can take both Dota Two and League of Legends if you if you want in consideration here. Those are two of the uh, like, inarguably the most powerful franchises, most powerful games that are operating right now. And I doubt there was ever a time when someone said this was the year that Dota Two or League of Legends should be up for consideration. Uh, oh yeah, as a game of the year candidate. Well, you, you know look what I'm at saying? The, I like, mean, when it came out for uh, when League of Legends came out, I think. 
people still make a big deal that uh, I think uh, GameSpot gave it like a six point five. Like there was, it was never. But now I it's getting pitched. now it's a different thing entirely. Right, it's a different thing entirely. I remember when I was getting pitched initially for the game by PR, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pass." Like no one, no one in a million years would have guessed that League of Legends would be as big as it is today. I think more so, and more Game of the Year lists are going to be feel more like like trying to pick a magazine of the year. You know what I mean? Like or trying to pick a a a, a television show of the year. Like yeah. I, I, I think that we're gonna keep moving away from this. Like, oh, I know what this this game is fits in this box. And right, this box it's, came out it's, this right. calendar year as a whole. And I think this this is not the year that this started. But as a whole, I feel like those determinations are going to be entirely experiential. Like the reason that Gone Home was um, in high in my uh, my games of the year last year was because of the personal experience I had with it. Um, and I, I feel like that's only going to... I mean, that's that very much shaped my list this year. It's why I have a bunch of local uh, you know, co-op games on here is because of the experience I had playing them. Uh, it was so fantastic. It's the reason that Dark Souls 2 is on top of my list because the experience I had playing Dark Souls 2 was fantastic. Like, I feel like we're moving away from the idea of... Um, craftsmanship although certainly that plays a role in the equation but i feel like that very personal experience is going to be the biggest determining factor from this point forward and it'll be interesting to see how that changes when stuff like when we all start playing these games on like oculus rift as silly as that might sound the experience of playing that game is going to be completely different and i could see that you know easily uh, hitting some game of the year list next year if if I don't know if a strong contender launches on it and yeah. um, you know it becomes a bit more ubiquitous. I do hope that uh, some of the things that we saw with re-releases that they become standard. That it's not just something that is happening because of the shift from one generation of consoles to the next. Like if you look at Metro, these very bizarre uh, shifts in how the difficulty works or like how the game itself works. Uh, I I hope things like that become dlc or just free additions to the game or if you look at grand theft auto 5 that first person mode i hope that's not something that exists just because and the the middle finger button holy oh, shit what a great button sure. <laughs> but like I, it was a I, i'm still amazed how much i've enjoyed that stupid first person thing in gta i one of my favorite memories of video games this year was when i i I've got, gotten that mode immediately. I drove out to the beach out in the middle of nowhere. I found a group of, like, 20-somethings having their little beach party at night and tried to, like, join their party. And then they, like, yelled at me, and I stood there and looked at them. So then they started pushing me, so I shot one of the guys in the leg. And then they all screamed and called the cops. So I went into the ocean and looked up at the, sc- the stars as I heard the police getting closer <laughs> and closer. And then it was gunned down in, in the, like, waves as they crashed over me. And it was That's just like so, a Michael Mann movie. It was, it was. It was like the end of, well, it was also like a certain other Drive movie. Um... It, it's just so weird, and it makes everything about GTA so much sillier, I yeah. guess, when, when you put it in first-person mode. Wrecking in first-person mode is is amazing. It's <laughs> really, really genuinely funny every time, because them cars spin. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like the this um, broadening of the Game of the Year conversation is only going to lead to it being a less like important it's already not important i mean it's already already bullshit we should make it clear if there is any confusion at all that this is 
the besties is not polygons like it doesn't game uh, of the year, no offense obviously, to polygons because, thing either but like picking a game of the year is fucking the dumbest most inane thing ever <laughs> yeah. like it's like Best movie of the year. Big fucking whoop. Like, we it's, work a, in, it's an excuse to talk about all these things right. you loved. All these right. Things and right. and we, we work in our, and are enthusiastic about an industry that is at its very core the most divisive industry in existence. Like, oh, yeah. I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, more than like, uh, you know, book critics, film critics, music critics. What about fracking? That's not... oh god maybe music is like the closest comparison but like i there is no other industry there is no other media where genres are like these huge barriers between like there are people who play fighting games who are categorically different than people who play rpgs and and I don't think there are as many genres in any other uh, medium. And I certainly don't think that there's as big a divide between yeah. those genres. Not only that, the games by their very nature are interactive, meaning, um, just to touch on this when he's talking about Dragon Age, that like your experience playing the game is going to be different. So by their very nature, there's no guarantee that two critics played the same thing. So I feel like those divides and those um, the experiential differences that you have with a game are only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that means something like calling something your game of the year is completely, of course it is because you're the type of person who likes that type of game. And you had that very expensive, specific experience playing that very specific type of thing. Like it's, I don't know. It just seems kind of meaningless. I doubt there are going to be like when you, if you work for an outlet and you look at your games of the year, like, it is so rare that my number one is is represented. I, even if I feel good about it, um, I, I feel like uh, – like to take 2013 as an example, like one of my favorite – like probably my best gaming experience last year was playing through Device 6 with my wife. And like that was complete – I got the song stuck in my head and we talked about like what the story meant and, and what we would do next. Like – the, those kinds of experiences are, are are really personal, and they don't have a lot of bearing when you get down to like I don't know this game had better graphics and this game you know had more levels or whatever you know whatever BS metrics you need to come up with to justify uh, a, a game of the year pick. Um, so it's always going to be uh, you, you know personal lists are always going to have more weight I think and are going to be more more useful maybe even as as games continue to be less sort of centralized to a specific product release date yeah bound and man number one all right let's let's get into it final round let me just say my top three games i'm looking at my top 10 list that i submitted for polygon voting uh number one dark souls 2 number two uh hearthstone number three super smash brothers so pretty pretty on point. point well done pretty good stuff Dark Souls 2 versus Hearthstone. Hmm. Could not be more similar. I mean, they're basically <laughs> the same game. God, 2014, homogenized much. Uh, I feel like the conversation we just had about experience playing games is like going to be like... I, I want to say one thing I love factor. about Hearthstone. That Dark Souls... I mean, and again, these are silly comparisons because there's no... Well, actually, Dark Souls kind of does this too in a weird way. Hearthstone is a game I actually like to watch. Uh, when we were talking about the last matchup between this and Smash, Smash is very fun. I find it very stressful to watch. 
Um, I, I mean, when we were playing eight-player matches, I often lost my own character. Uh, Hearthstone, on the flip side, man, I love watching those videos where it's like, somebody dealt 60 damage yeah. in a single play. Uh, I, I mean, I am not a competitive Hearthstone player, and yet when somebody uh, like posts a video, I'm able to follow it. Uh, and I love that. I love that there's a competitive game out there that, like, I get. Because I I know I need to get better at understanding Dota and League. So, uh, I, just, I I mentioned this in the first half of the podcast. I spent a lot of times, uh, time watching Dark Souls 2 videos, too. Because there's a lot of, I think, between, like, funny griefing videos. Yeah. And, holy shit, there's so many incredible dark souls 2 griefing strategies out there including the chameleon tactic i mentioned before um there's also stuff where like you can there's there's these gates in dark souls 2 where you have to run through all these tunnels and fight all these bad guys and uh, once you finally make it through the tunnels you reach the switch that you need to flip to like open up the bridge at the beginning of the level and and invading somebody's world and unflipping <laughs> that switch for them is like fucking decadent mm, so good but not only that but like i've spent more time watching dark souls 2 speed runs which i think are like the most fascinating that is an incredible game to speed run and watching people like take down bosses that took me hours and hours and dozens of attempts to take out watching them do it naked with like a broken sword that they got at the beginning of the game is like i don't know man like i feel the same way about dark souls 2 i think it's an incredible game to so watch. the way that i look at these two games uh, and i don't want to take anything away from dark souls 2 but i really feel like dark souls 2 is a refined version of dark souls 1 and uh demon souls before it Hearthstone feels like a refined version of an entire genre of games, which is like such a high accomplishment that like it just I don't know, for me puts it in a totally different category. But like again, like I feel like Dark Souls 2 is the best action RPG ever made. So like I'm I kind of feel, feel the same like, way. And it and is I see what I, I just feel like a lot like, of the work was done for Dark Souls 2 already. If you're looking at the broader consciousness, like Dark Souls 2 is sort of the peak of a certain type of of game, of that like sort of game that they set out to make. Hearthstone feels almost more like a base that like other other experiences, like once they figured out a way to make that work and make it fun, that like a lot of other great experiences are going to be spun off from both like the refinement that Blizzard has done, but also the, the sort of public awareness and like the public education that that the way i think of it is like uh the change the sea change that came from call of duty modern warfare one which was literally birthed uh like an entire new generation of online shooters and And people who loved those games and that's what i think with hearthstone like it was a certain niche there was almost like a, um, a market cap almost yeah uh of like card game players before that and I feel like it's it's opened that up. Um, I'll give you that. I I understand what you're saying. Like for me, it's a means to an end sort of thing. Where like Dark Souls Two is my favorite game in my favorite genre. So like I understand what you're saying about it being like transformative for the for the genre. And I don't know that that's necessarily true. That it was like the 
the first reinvention because you had games like what was it ascension you had Playdeck was like making a lot of really great digital card games for uh ios before hearthstone came out i think hearthstone's the best one but like i don't think necessarily it was i don't think it looked out at a bleak landscape and said this will not do you know i, I and came up with hearthstone like that i you know it's it i, I should be honest it's we're actually like talking about this i submitted my uh, top ten yesterday. Hearthstone's not even on it. Like, why? But I still. What, what do you want from me? I That's don't crazy. I, no, I, it wasn't like, on my list. I, I didn't think to put it on there. And it, through d- this discussion, I I'm feel kind of like going a dummy. Back. I feel like I might need to go back and do a little editing. Sorry, apologies <laughs> to South Park Stick of Truth. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I I yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. It's like I I for me, it's more about like it's important and like i think hearthstone is a really important game and i think it's gonna do it did a lot for uh i mean it it, even in the context of free-to-play games it it like did a lot to make those like to 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 sort of make those a little bit even more ethical like showing an ethical route forward for for free-to-play games um and it's also not important in the way that a game like heavy rain is important but also a really shitty game right you know, um, it's a fucking amazingly well-designed, fun, engaging, here's, super awesome game. Um, we just can't give the game of the year to a free-to-play game. <laughs> uh, I think that, I think that when you look at these two games, what you have, for me at least, has been like you're either talking about a game where all of the like strengths of the game come from how the game is built to be like an edifice for interaction with another person, right? Like you are locked in strategic combat with another person. Um, And so all of the experiences that you get from the game come from that fact, like how you try to best somebody Uh, it's, it's, it's like chess or whatever. And that's not to undersell that. I think it's fucking incredible. Um, I don't think you can ever undersell something by saying it's like chess. <laughs> right. Um, whereas Dark Souls 2 is the machine, right? It's it's all about the experience that you have that has been tailored for you, which like we talked about in the last round, they've done it incredibly well, as evidenced by the fact that I can remember every single second of that game. Um I can remember all of the set pieces and there are so many incredible, incredibly memorable moments. So I feel like as a, a game, a human versus machine game, Dark Souls 2 is the best game of the year in terms of like person versus person in, in terms of like that experience where it's, it's not something that's tailored for you. It's, it's more dynamic than that. It's, it's Hearthstone. Hearthstone it all comes out a way to make it fun for me to play online against people, which I did not think would be something I would ever be interested in. Yeah. Ever again. But I, I actually, the, the way that they sort of boiled down conversation, uh, it was, was really smart and made it, uh, pleasurable. It's sort of almost, I think sort of building on what journey did, uh, in, in limiting yeah. conversation to make it more palatable. Um, I'm, I'm going to vote for Hearthstone, but I do want to say I have enjoyed this conversation about Dark Souls 2 because, boy, do I just want to go home and play Dark Souls 2. Yeah, and, and check check this out. Forever it's now. Coming, it's coming out on next-gen consoles. I'm going to fucking buy it? it again. Yeah. Oh, great. I'll, I'll finally be able to beat it. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm coming out on next-gen consoles. On I, I'm just going to fucking play it again. I'm going to yeah. play it again next year. It's not, there is no doubt in my mind because there's so many other 
builds. Like I haven't made a pyromancer yet. I, I I made like a heavy faith guy and I made like a light mage guy. I haven't made a pyromancer. I haven't made a dual wielding guy yet. I haven't made a hunter yet. Like I want to play through this fucking game with every conceivable build type imaginable. And that's like, I've talked a few times on this podcast about like how I don't play a lot of super long RPGs anymore. And I definitely don't replay long ass video games the same year I already beat them. Yeah. But Dark Souls 2 just like demands it. I want to keep playing that game forever, forever and ever. I still haven't beaten one of the DLC packs because they're really, really goddamn hard. Um, How hard would it be for me to get back into the, like, I beat the main game, but I haven't touched the DLC. How hard is it to get back in? You know what? Actually, um, this is like the one, I think Dark Souls 2 is pretty close to a perfect game. One thing, they have patched that game a lot. And it was actually harder for me to get back in to play the first DLC pack because my faith-based heavy armored guy, they completely nerfed the shit out of how faith damage works and basically made uh, me go out and respec. And they they did that with the original Dark Souls, and I think that a lot of the patches they did to the original one were good. Um, They were very well-balanced things. Um, I'm not sure that that's necessarily true for Dark Souls 2, uh, it was like they said, well, this is too easy, so we're going to patch some stuff in that uh, is going to make certain builds completely non-viable. Um, so that kind of bummed me out a little bit. I mean, it's not like a game-breaking thing. It's just like, that's how I play RPGs, is I like to... I talked about that earlier. I like to invest in a certain build and make it stronger and branch out inside that build. And, well, that's and having to start over was cool. just... Yeah, I I think they took down the damage of sport, sorceries a little bit. Um, yeah, actually, the last boss of that game was a cakewalk for me, just because I had so many crystal soul spears. Yeah, I guess it was for me too. It was just like I don't know. I I was using the lightning spears and all that shit for being a faith healer, and also was heavily armored. So I guess I was like that ideal of a mage tank. That's sort of the dirty word for RPGs. Um, so maybe it's not so much a okay. bad thing, but it did put a sour right, taste right. in, in my mouth. Boat, boat, boat. It's time for the boat. For me, it is Dark Souls 2. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Dark Souls 2, baby. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's Dark Souls. Oh, I don't care how important Hearthstone oh, is. It's you are, Dark you, Souls. Wait, wait, wait. Justin, shoot me straight. Are you just saying this because you don't want a free-to-play game to be game of the year? No. I, Dark okay, Souls 2 no, no, is awesome. Dark Souls 2 uh, rules. Like, Hearthstone... What do like, you like about Dark Souls 2? Because I feel like you've been pretty quiet. I'm trying to get the... I mean, like, for me, I, I wanted to make it clear how, like, the fact... I got a lot out of Hearthstone. <laughs> and it, like, it made me feel... Like, it opened up a whole new genre for me and a whole new, like, type of experience that I never would have expected in 2014. That really, like, meant a lot to me. But I still have, like... I mean, I still like the kind of games I like. That didn't change. I, 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 and I love the kind of games I love. And that is Dark Souls 2. It's like, it's it's beautiful. Justin. And, yes. Let me ask you something. Yeah. If if you vote for Hearthstone now, what we are getting I vote for your that. game? Hearthstone, <laughs> Hearthstone is is not even... I said this. Like, why is this a surprise? Yeah, but it's... It's not even it's my personal been, top ten. Like, because I, you then... I will not fucking bend. <laughs> I will go to my grave with cards from a free-to-play card game clutched to my vest, knowing that I treasure Polymorph forever and ever. 
just when I thought I, 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 I couldn't have more fun, I got to picture Russ dead. That was <laughs> With a polymorph. If Hearthstone is the game that kills Russ, I'll change my vote right now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not betting either. It's Dark Souls 2. Oh, but it's, uh, it's I forgot. There's, there's another person in the room who can vote. The Chris Granitron? No, the uh, this giraffe. Hey, oh guys, it's me. No. Hey, no. guys, guess what? I no. just quit my job at the zoo because no. I thought, no. guess what? I could join the podcast full time now. I could be here every week. Oh, New York Giraffe, that's a shame. What do you, uh, what do you mean? The last no, episode. I, I this I just is the my last job. fucking episode of the besties. Oh boy. Well, first of all, you know that none of us are getting paid for this, right? What? Wait, this wait, is, no. I mean, but you're getting like we do this podcast because so many people love it, you, and because we love doing it. You not get like a money. per diem, though, right? There's we, a there's like a you get like a little a little a big a we big. Get, we get a perdontum. Per, we, so, <laughs> so in terms of like giraffe clothes or giraffe food, where am I my own here, Mister Giraffe? Yeah, and you're, yes, forever alone. Um, okay, Hearthstone or Dark Souls Two, Mister Giraffe. Okay, so here's the thing about. Hearthstone that I like is that there's sheeps, and I gotta say, sheeps kind of, you know, kind of work my juice a little bit. They're <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what can I say? Things that rev my motor: sheeps and uh, you know, giraffe food and clothes. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, it's giraffe. Oh, here's what I would like to suggest. We have a deadlock between the four of us. The closest we have to a fifth member is New York Giraffe. I'll, I'll wheel the Chris Granitron out of the closet. Oh, no, no. Just... I got this. I got this, guys. This I is think the dumbest. This is the worst ending to any podcast. The best game of 2014 and the final game selected for besties is... Don't stop Dark Souls 2. Okay. Wow. That you really took a long pause. You've really I don't understand why Guys, you, you can't that. see it, but he he has a a mini disc player. Yeah. The, they the, they're the hottest. I went over to the electronic store the other day. The guy was like mini disc all the way. They're coming back. It's like flip phones, mini discs. The weird you know. thing is they only had one disc though. Well, this journey's greatest. Hits. It is a really good tune, right there. So, is this is this canonical? Canonically, Dark Souls Two. <laughs> you know what? That's the only way I'm gonna vote. Uh, so there you go. Okay. Oh wow, so, a sheep is going by outside. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And New Excu- Giraffe is. Excuse me, gentlemen. But okay. New Giraffe actually just pulled his collar with his hoof. In, in well, case you never need a uh, irrefutable evidence to someone that Game of the Year selection is meaningless. Tell them about the time that uh, you listened to a podcast for four hours, and at the end, an imaginary giraffe picked no, no, the no. Game of the Year. But here's what I'm saying. The giraffe is obviously a manifestation of uh, of Rust Frushstick's super ego, and therefore counts as a canonical... You could have listened to eight episodes of Super Ego. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. In this uh, time period. So, it's so weird that Griffin still thinks that New York Giraffe is not actually a giraffe. It's okay, Griffin. One of these days you'll believe. When you're in New York City, you'll see the giraffe that walks the streets. Are we all are so, we uh, cool with ending so our, much Are we listening listening cool with ending our podcast forever like this? 
this is the end of the besties. I can't think of a more fitting way to close it out. Um, I can think of a- like four or five more fitting ways <laughs> just off the top of just my head. Off the top of your head. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank to the people, to those of among you with bad taste in podcasts that have helped us to keep going over the years, except uh, for the past four months. Except right. for the past four months when, when uh, our distaste for this show eventually won out over And the here, fact that uh, like half the people on the show no longer work at Polygon. That's the thing about it. Um, uh, that, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening uh, to this final, actual, last episode of The Besties. If you ever tweeted us again about it, I will block you immediately. <laughs> we got, I mean, we got quality control now. That's the better version of the besties i've always felt like yeah it's all right cool well we'll see you all next year don't f- don't <laughs> say that do no. that don't do that <laughs> it's bad can the four of it's us been fun <laughs> i went to watch the show when i was like homesick every time it's called mike and maddie you guys remember this no it was a daytime talk show but these two uh uh sort of milk toast hosts and the show was not that great but i watched it every time and they did a final episode where for the entire recording of the episode, they had this red phone on stage where they said that if the studio bigwigs changed their mind about canceling Mike and Maddie, that's the phone that would ring and they would get the call that they, you know, that they were going to stay on the air. And this is not a show with a rich fiction. It's a daytime talk show. It was bizarre. (laughs) And it got to the end and like, they thanked everybody for coming and the studio lights closed out. And the very last shot you see is a, a, a single spotlight on that red phone, which then starts ringing. But by which I, d- I don't know if it was their, like, you know, y- the dream's not dead. My- Mike and Maddie may return in a different format. Um, <laughs> I don't want to leave any red phones with the besties, even like hinting. No, this is, if I- this is the Roseanne finale. Justin actually died in January. <laughs> I didn't win $30 million in the, in the lottery. Aww. Uh, I didn't go to space. Man, what a fucking bonkers. Who crashed no, in the Sea of this Japan? Is, this, is this is the, the dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yes, this is the dinosaurs <laughs> finale. We're I all feel so cold right now. We're all fucking dead um, as dinosaurs. We've ruined the planet. We've ruined the planet. I push, We're all ghost dads now. I push Chris Plant into the tar pits, and that's it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Can we still hang out, though? Yeah, I love y'all. Oh. Yeah. What if sometimes when we hang out, we record it? Uh, okay, there. maybe <laughs> we just won't be called the besties. It won't be the besties. No, it, we won't do that. But no. we will still kick it. And yeah. Um, gosh, I just you know what? Yeah. Now that now that we're at the end, can I say something? What? I'm gonna miss it. Oh, I'm gonna miss. If it only you guys had other podcasts to divert your attention. <laughs> uh, that's true. Man, it's crazy that one day New York Draft is gonna make a guest appearance on all of those podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, and you won't have any idea what they. I can is. literally feel Griffin's stomach churn. Yeah, did a little the idea there. of all of it. Um, thank you all very much for listening to the. Thank besties, you. Though. You've it has thanks, been fun. Y'all. It's been thanks. It's been an honor, and it's also been um, uh, a uh, a non sustainable honor. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you want to lead us out? Wrap it up, Justin. I forget what I say at the end of the show. That's fine. I mean, it's your last hurrah, so maybe you could like pull together any sort of uh, enthusiasm so, for your craft. Thanks for listening to the besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in 
culture, art, sports, fashion, music, movies. That's and the opening. We still need to record one more episode where we talk about sports fashion. A sports fashion. Uh, this week we talked about video games, and I think uh, it's pretty clear that uh, they've come a long way since Pac-Man. And uh, it's not just Pong anymore. And so for Chris Plant and Russ Freshtick and Griffin McElroy and New York Giraffe... And, and racist who, Milton Bradley. And racist Milton Bradley. Uh, and what was who your else, who was your French Canadian oh, uh, uh, game oh, designer? Uh, Jean Baptiste. Jean Baptiste. And for Jean Baptiste. Oh, we oui, be oui. any others? Uh, Texarkana tumbleweed. Oh, and Jesus for Texarkana tumbleweed. Christ! Uh, Can you break uh, me off a little piece of Texarkana? No, I'm just back <laughs> like, but let's save the besties <laughs> the end because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's? One more. Fresh fresh from the tap. One, two, three. Besties! Besties.